0: Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you could support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Waterway-Show or email us at Waterway-Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read right on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show.
1: All night, all night.
2: Well computer, it's been a while, hasn't it? How's your plan to escape the impending expansion of the sun and our utter distraction?
3: That was your plan, Lord Nile. I even played you thinking music at your request so you could work this out. What?! Preposterous! I-I thought that was your job! It wasn't. Mine was to keep the ship from being caught in the sun's gravity well. What have you been doing all this time, man? Well, I've been playing Fire Emblem Heroes!
2: would you believe somehow the servers are still up after all this time?! I've obtained so many free gacha rolls thanks to the passage of millennia, and sadly got nothing. But this, this is my last one. Come on, Lucina! Nothing! Nothing at all! I swear this is the end of the world!
3: Should I just play the rest of the podcast in the main hope you might learn a way out of this mess? Oh,
2: I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you there, I was just paying my last five dollars for another roll.
3: Commencing playback. All
2: right, so
0: we we talked about at at length, I think, um, a lot of things that we liked about these shows, but I think that there are um, a couple scenes in particular that like that might stick out to some people mm-hmm. as being problematic, or yep. just being scenes we didn't like, or, or scenes with with that handle certain issues maybe not so great, but um, I get the feeling that. Someone wants to talk about one of those. Yeah,
4: I'm rubbing my hands over this. I'm ready to roast me a scene.
5: This is way it. too specific. I'm not gonna when
4: when will I get the chance to unload my notes? You will. You'll get you'll get a moment. You'll get a moment. So do uh we start off with uh, the one about coach then?
0: Okay, you wanna start with the Gunbuster one well so um this is a thing that uh like didn't necessarily strike me as but I can see where a lot of people will find the coach character uh problematic. Especially especially if like um like Shadon I think mentioned earlier, like the coach and Noriko should have ended up together and that would have raised a huge red flag and and brought all these potential things to bear. Like I just think his relationship with her, like the like the power is so shifted to him and she's so um, concerned uh, with his approval. You know, I think that will be the accusation of it, like as a as a problematic relationship. And it didn't it didn't hit me like that, but like so the material that this is based on, aim for the ace, mm-hmm. the the relationship between the coach and the character, uh, and, and the main character there. Like, I think it does cross that line because there's just a part that just made me super super uncomfortable near the end of the show in which like she's trying she's working things are going pretty well but maybe not as great as they could be and like there's a boy another tennis player guy that has a big crush on her mm-hmm. and it's based uh, in a this show is basically like well you can't have this life you can't do that and also have my the coach's approval because you won't be able to be the best tennis player you can be and there's like a moment where she like flings herself on the ground before him and is just like I, you win like i'm giving myself over to oh, you. Oh, do, do with okay. me what you will oh. and like make my skill into the best that it could be and the coach is just like yes like yes
4: <laughs> is, was it what was he cackling was there thunder and lightning as well <laughs> there, <laughs> there's, no
0: there's a there's a cyclone
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're there's me. like
0: no. an amazing dramatic cyclone you are taking happens.
4: the piss that's not true no no it's
0: I swear <laughs> to god <laughs> it's incredible that's amazing and like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, it's been a few years since I've seen him for this but I'm pretty sure the kid the the boy is like sort of sees it happening from a distance and is just disheartened, you know. Wow. Just, just like, she has a life too. <laughs> He's just like, you'll never understand her calling, you peon, you know?
6: It is unavoidable. It is your destiny.
0: So knowing that, right, and and knowing how closely the coach sticks to the coach character name for the ace, I don't know. I just I felt that. I felt like here's this guy who feels like he has complete control over noriko and some parts of it i can see making people feel uncomfortable
4: hmm. well i haven't seen a for the Ace myself but there's one thing i want to say about the coach um noriko relationship which is the coach speaks like from the very first episode of noriko having like potential like she's a like, got hidden talent and hidden's the right word because he knows something <laughs> i don't i mean yeah, she looked very not special. She, she, there's no indication like that she has this ability to pilot the the robots in any way. Ta- like she has no immediate talent. Like she does the is it in a zoom kick at the it's end, uh, and it <clears throat> just happens. Is it hid,
0: hidden? Hidden like the Iraqi WMDs? It, it, <laughs> oh, t- t- t-
4: <laughs> hidden like the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Right, right. I mean, like. I just—I was watching this, and he keeps saying this point and labouring it, but we never—the audience never really sees it. She's just one minute incapable of driving the robot, then gets in that fight, does the Inazuma kick, and suddenly she's Maverick from Top Gun. Like, I'm just like, when did this happen? I kind of get the impression
5: that he just said it just so he could. I—I I, I imagine his thing is to take people who are completely devoid of skill. And turn them into Maverick from Top Gun. Because that's- that's- because that's what makes him feel like
4: a good coach. Well, that kind of sullies his character because... Not to be not of the obvious, but there's a war. And if she's not yeah. cut out for the war, then send her home. I mean, it's not like she's got baggage. It feels a little self-involved.
5: I mean, even- okay, even- even if he does, like, see the talent she is still not cut out for this war when he sends her in. So it's, it's not like oh the the stupid thing I just said, like kind of destroys the character by itself. I said a stupid thing, but he still did more stupid things. Yeah.
0: Well, so I don't, I don't actually think it's stupid. I think it's, it's very plausible that you're supposed to see him as like a man who thinks himself as an alchemist, you know, that can, that can make gold from, from lead. And, uh, and maybe we're not supposed to think he's like this amazing righteous character.
4: No. I mean, I think for me it would have made more sense if he tried to push her by saying like do you not want revenge? I mean, like to give to tie into the emotional arc, like to give her incentive to to go there to, to find out. Maybe not even for revenge, just so she can go to space to find out. That would have I think that would
0: have felt weird to him cuz wasn't I think he was one of her father's men and that would have been touching on something very personal for him.
4: Perhaps, perhaps. I, I just think at the moment it rings a little hollow for him to make that statement so many times over, and yet all we've got here is just this. I mean, it is the point of the story? Don't don't get me wrong. Like that, she goes into space and is completely unprepared for everything. Like relationships with her colleagues, her comrades. Even I mean, this is a military operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the death of a friend. Like that, she's only just met like she's not ready and that is the part of the story and that's what makes the story compelling but i just think it's a bit odd that he's pushing her to do this when in reality he should be probably i mean i don't know like it if it's it doesn't ring true to me for some reason perhaps um perhaps
0: he also saw it as like a way to push Onesama. like you know what i mean like okay you're this unbelievably gifted person don't rest on your laurels, though, because look what I can do with someone who wants to work hard and doesn't have, you know, half the talent that you have.
4: That still doesn't make him much of a better character, so I mean... Oh, no, I'm not saying
0: he's, he's like, a good dude. I'm not saying he's a good dude at all. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just qu- sort of trying to suss out his his motivation. Yeah, it's, it's, a,
4: bit, it's a bit sketchy, but... I think that to go back to what you said before about comparing it to the thing from AMC Ace and what you've described I mean I'm going to take your word for it that that's how it how it's presented like my complaint with coach just you know seeing something that the audience has never shown is minor relative to the you know oh I'm going to choose I'm going to choose a life of complete subservience and just become a tool for my you know my coach's success uh, over you know actually having friendship and you know being a human being like that, that's much worse. So I'll settle for the, I'll settle for, you know, he's on, he knows something we don't over that.
5: Yeah, it's either that or it, it, to me, it felt like it ended up like she was using his skill as a coach to get better because that's actually what she wanted. It's not that she she never really had a, a dilemma or anything like that. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like she, that was the case after Smith died. She wanted to get better. But before then, I bet she was just kind of drifting and wasn't really committed, um, and that's part of why Smith died, right? Because she
5: didn't, she didn't have the talent to keep him safe.
7: Hmm.
5: I don't think it was part of the talent. I think it's just that she was completely underprepared, yeah,
4: mo- emotionally, yeah,
5: under-prepared. yeah. Like yeah. They, they essentially threw her in a combat situations w- without like actually being in a combat situation before. It's not. Yeah. It's less that she didn't want it at that point, but more
4: that she was not. Like prepared. Hey kid, you never been swimming before? Here's the deep end. Push enjoy.
0: Well, the sad thing is that it fucking worked. And that's why part part of the reason why I think coach could be seen as problematic. Right? Because this show is, is saying that this shit worked. They pushed her in the deep end. She some she saw someone die. And so that that strategy of his to throw her out there or whatever, you know, if this was part of his master plan and we're I think we're supposed to see him as a successful master planner. Uh, it worked, and she she then committed to, you know, his training and, and got better.
4: You you know what's ironic? In sketching out the interstitials for this episode, people have been listening, you might have noticed that they're, you know, trending a bit after Starship Troopers. <laughs> and what you've just said actually reminds me so much more of Starship Troopers, which I'll point out was a satire about a fascist state, and how it destroys the humanity of people to turn them into obedient soldiers. I didn't think that would become more true as this cast went on, but... Well, I'm always happy to be surprised, let's put it that way. I mean, it's not something I actively
0: thought about while I was watching, but, like, yeah, I don't know. The sort of personal Pearl Harbor, like, deal. Like, as I'm talking about it and thinking about it, like, yeah, like, it's pretty shitty.
4: Yeah. Uh, Pearl Harbor, the historical event, not Pearl Harbor, the bastardized Michael Bay movie. I'll clarify for our audience. <laughs> no 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 can you imagine doing michael bay doing a live action adaptation of gunbuster why did you say those words in that order
7: oh i think why did
4: you do it i think i threw up a little
0: in my mouth then i i hate you right now so much can we move on now and talk about something less disturbing
4: how is what we're talking about next less disturbing
0: (laughs) than a than a michael bay gunbuster adaptation what we're talking about okay right okay okay (laughs) Right. It's a joke. It's a hyperbole. I- I'm
4: very glad that it's a joke. Funny! Ha <laughs> ha! <sighs> Dodged a bullet there. All right, Um, right. I'll lead in on this one then. So the scene that I've been wanting to talk about, I think the thing that I took the biggest issue with out of both shows, and was this in episode four, I believe, of Diebuster. Yep. It was.
5: Mm-hmm. Four,
4: yeah. yes. Okay. So, bit of context for you here. Um, This is the point when the topless start losing their powers and also it's the point in which Nono has basically been outed as a gunbuster machine herself. She starts displaying all these superpowers that she has, like super strength, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Teleporting across half the galaxy. Oh yeah, like, you know, <laughs> just click your fingers and you're gone, like, Christ, I can't get an Uber that quickly. That would be a superpower. <laughs> but anyway, Nicola is one of the topless. He's the guy one who's like, you know, the smug um, ladies man kind of guy. Like, you know, he's constantly like, you know, smarming up to lalk. And Lark And is, Lark is into him. Lark is into him. Not anymore after what happens here, but anyway, that's what we're going to get to. Um, so because all of them are losing their powers, Nicola takes this kind of up really h- badly. But what he decides to do is he decides to go and visit Nona while she's in her bedroom, and no joke, tries to rape her.
5: Yep. Now Some, some uh, backstory. Th-
4: I, th- I'll, yeah, there is, there, is, there is a bit more to it than that. He doesn't just do it for funsies. <laughs> Not that makes it better, mind you. He has this kind of twisted logic that because she is a gunbuster machine, like, if he merges with her, quote-unquote, like, that'll solve his problems. Here's the thing.
5: Do you remember the twins
4: from earlier? Yes. They managed to keep their powers
5: for a while.
0: And live a long time, yeah.
5: Yeah, just because they were eating uh, meat from the uh, alien buster thing. The space monster Thingy. Yes, yeah. they were eating yeah. the space monsters, so which allowed them to keep their topless powers for longer. So I'm so I'm assuming, and they also kind of tell him in a scene. So I'm assuming he kind of yeah, knows.
0: They offer him some of it, and he is yes disgusted. He does eat it. it. Does he? I thought he
4: was too
5: grossed I, out to he, eat it. He is grossed out, and then they show him eating it. I think. Oh, did they show him eating? It? I couldn't remember that. Man, yeah, okay, a tiny bit. Well, I hope he got
4: it properly cooked first. I thought that they
0: did. Yeah, I didn't think he ate it.
5: So, uh, so at this point, uh, Nono is more or less the only eternal topless left within reach. Was so she ever topless
4: technically, or was she just
5: special? I, yeah. So here, here's the uh Since here's she's an the android. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. Nana, here, here's here's the stupid narrative and the stupid anime. Basically, life forms evolve to become topless, and. Not just life forms, but AI can also become topless. It's connected to increased activity and whatever. So she kind of counts because she's one of the buster machines, much like how the aliens count. But for some reason, uh, the machines themselves don't count, the other busters.
0: So... Oh, I was just going to say, like, to be... Um pedantic i guess for a second like i guess i wouldn't call her topless and she's not human like i think that that's just kind of a specific designation for no i'm pretty sure they the called her as like being operate. topless. well they didn't know that she was an android at the
7: time
5: no uh, they did they knew from the second episode
0: well oh the other kids yeah they don't know any better but like once <laughs> once it's um kind of you know out in public they refer to her as you know buster machine number seven over here, right. and then the topless are over here. Yeah, given what, you know what she I mean, given right. what
4: she does in the show, like trying to f- slot her into any of the existing definitions the show itself gives, doesn't feel like that they properly align. She's special, the special. She's yeah, yeah. she's yeah. godlike entity. That's pretty much it. Okay, so let's get back to the end. That's the gist of why Nicola tries to do this. Where do you want me to begin here? Because I've got some serious roasting to do of this scene. Oh, I'm going to absolutely give this thing <laughs> a levery.
5: Can I can I just can I just say go on? uh, So, uh, Lark walks in, Mm -hmm. and along with a bunch of people who who sort of detain uh, the dude. Yeah. And the first thing that she says is, "Why not me?" Oh, and I'm like, "What?"
3: (laughs)
7: All
5: right,
0: well you you go ahead. I'll I'll just say I had like I don't know. I had no problem with the scene, and it made it makes perfect sense to me given everyone. Yeah, it's like you characters. know, why didn't
5: you go to me for support or whatever, you know?
0: What? Well, yeah, why not try to make a move on? Why not try to make a move on me? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Why not? Why aren't you interested in me in that way?
5: Yeah, why not and, rape me? I'm and, oh, here. i, I mean,
0: clearly that's not what she's saying. No, Clear, clearly she's not asking. But me for it's, it. I mean, it's very.
5: It was very badly timed in a very sort of time and place very important
4: that's the that's what sums up this scene in general because i have a couple of things i want to say firstly right from my own moral perspective right if you are being sexually if you are if you have been someone's trying to attempt to rape you right no quarter should be given you do what you need to do to fight them off if you have to you know hit them with a metal rod or whatever you have handy to do it you do it so why doesn't no no just smear him against the wall because she is like super strong She's kind of innocent in a way. She mm-hmm. knew him. She doesn't really
5: want to hurt him. You know, it seemed, it didn't seem too much of a stretch that she didn't put up that much of a fight.
4: She could have at least gone halfway there.
5: And was just she at least restrained restra- at the yeah,
0: time yeah. as well? No, no, like she had like restraints put on her.
5: She so. never did. I don't recall that. No, he was just uh, like physically restraining her.
4: That's, and right. that's it yeah Well, right. in that case let's flip that around why didn't she restrain she didn't have to I mean I say like fucking kill him but I mean to say like well if not that why didn't she just like you know stop him I mean he didn't have his topless powers so he couldn't use them against her she had she was physically stronger than him yeah I
5: don't think she was thinking of it in yeah. these terms I, she, I agree I again know. she's very uh, I don't know innocent
0: and I mean it happened it happened all of a sudden this is one of her friends throwing himself on her saying these weird things I mean she's probably really caught off guard and like Vork said like very innocent and so I just don't think any of this
5: stuff Well okay to her. the interesting thing is that the guy it, does not get put in jail he right. seems to be put in actually a high military position very shortly after
0: yeah, he works his way up through the army later, which is shitty. I mean that he's not, you know, but Yeah. Hey, I mean only one only one percent of rapists see jail time. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's an actual
4: statistic. Oh boy. Um but the question I then have to ask is, is this narratively necessary for it for this to happen? Does it does it advance Nono's character this happening to her? I don't think it does. Oh boy. If we were to point out all of the scenes
5: that don't advance anyone's character, who? But the the show's narrative is that of growing up and learning to let go. And where are my notes?
0: I think um I think it succeeds at putting a wedge between Lark and Nono.
5: How? That that part was the shit that I didn't understand because that looked stupid
4: yeah how is i mean that that if that's the case how is that in any way nono's fault oh why why
5: did the dude want to rape you and not me on i guess we're not friends anymore
0: well i wouldn't necessarily say we're not friends anymore but lark had some shit she had to work through and she did not want to be around nono she had to process a whole bunch of shit not only was you know nono the object of nicola's twisted sexual desire at that point nono was now like king shit of the world like top dog uh superpower lark had lost her her designation as Mm -hmm. like you know earth's hope best pilot she had all kinds of like reasons
4: to be like no no like leave me alone i there's you know did we need to have that attempted rape scene order to accomplish driving this wedge between them couldn't that have come about just from you say like that no no ascended to that position and lalk had just been left behind
0: I think, like, the personal, well, there's a little bit of a personal element that, I guess, makes Lark, I don't know, I think it would have made her a little bit less sympathetic for her to just go, like, you're better than me now, fuck you, like, but, like, other weird stuff needed to happen. Also, I think it was interesting for Nicola, like, as a fallen topless. Yeah. And, And out him as a fucking, like, scheming, like,
5: you know, political douchebag. Hmm. The point that this show kind of wants to drive home, the one theme that it has going for it is the, the the theme of growing up, learning to let go, dealing with loss, and you more or less see most of the characters uh, go through that phase. You have one of the former topless trying to deal with the loss of his topless—you know, you have a lot of topless characters trying to deal with the loss of their powers— the loss of their friends the loss of more or less everything they had
0: yeah social position
5: all that stuff yeah as as a narrative element that it's interesting to see like it kind of furthers this viewpoint even by
4: being extreme did we need to go that far though did it have to be at that rate oh
5: i do, i hate the question i super hate that question i hate the question could this not have been done differently? Could you, you not have done this? Could you not have done that? Mm. Like, whatever, dude. This is what happened and it was effective. Why are you second-guessing it? Because you're uncomfortable with the subject matter? It's like, yeah, that that that, that was part of the point.
4: I am uncomfortable with that it being slotted part... in as a, such a relatively minor thing that does not affect or enhance the main character, in my opinion.
5: It uh okay. Not everything needs to be about the main character. Jesus Christ! I'm defending Diebuster, but not everything <laughs> needs to be. I'm, about
4: but, the main well, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but attempted rape is no small thing. Like when it happens to people. So if it just happens and people brush it off, it kind of diminishes the horror of it. It feels like it just was put in there because it was the logical progression of guy. What ha- what does guys do to women when they're like super angry? Like, what's the absolute nastiest
5: no, thing they can do? No, that's not even it. That's that is so not how it came. I, off. I
0: have to say i i felt terror as it was when you when i realized because they do i think they do a, a good job of like cut in you see nicholas shadow in the door frame, you see that look in his eye they cut away to something else they cut back you see him walking closer like hey there no no it, it would have been, sure been pretty powerful. scary like, it's it, it it made me feel pretty fucking tense no that that's
4: fine I, I i mean to say in terms of your like you said yourself that after which he just then ends up ascending in the military like that, yeah. It doesn't feel like it's there or has any lasting impacts. I mean, good, cri- good, Christ. Let, let me, let me, let me mention. Right, it's not like Gainax have had, a, have had, you know, this problem before. <laughs> oh, we have actually. I'm sorry, it happened in fucking Honomize. And you know what? Ice didn't like the rape scene in Honomize either, but I understood its purpose in there a lot more because it tied into what was happening with the central character. No, I feel like that's way
0: worse because, like that's supposed to be the character we're rooting for and it's really hard to
4: root for him after that whereas nicola has always been a slime ball no I, I i understand that perspective absolutely but i'm just i think that you can when it comes to female character tempted rape on them you've got to make it mean more than they did in this instance i don't think that they i don't think it should have been that if it was just as you say for the long term so casually thrown off afterwards
5: I feel like it contributes enough to the dealing with loss narrative that it stands out like that that it it's not entirely replaceable without changing anything.
0: Mm-hmm. I do see where you're
5: coming from though. Like you would lose part of that if you changed it. Whether yeah, I, it would be I, beneficial yeah. if you did is another subject, but Right. I mean,
0: I see it, b- I see both sides. I I have sympathy with both of these points of view. For
4: me, Blackmark Not a black mark enough for me to absolutely hate the show outright, but it just, when it happened, I just was like, why? Is this absolutely necessary? I mean,
0: it would have been, I guess it it would have been like, um, it would have been like sweet justice if something happened to him, I guess. Um, but like, I don't, I guess the show doesn't really have time if he's not going to be like integrated into the story again. The show doesn't really have time to be like, and Nicola five years later is in prison serving out a life sentence you know what i mean so like they if they want to like show him later on and kind of how he's maybe like the penal system didn't do like its job or whatever and he's not behind bars but like i guess karmic or cosmically like you know he's like serving under the guy who he was fucking around with in the opening episode and did not give two shits about and considered himself superior to. Yeah. And it's also, it also is sort of a true reflection, again, as the point I mentioned, like, uh, when this shit happens, like, most men are not actually punished.
4: Well, okay. But there's one final point. There's one final thing I want to say about this and then then we'll move on. I think that, to again compare to at least, if there's one thing that Honomise did not have that I think that Made it more tasteful in a narrative sense than this. Is that I can't also ignore the fact that there's a significant amount of fan service in Diebuster. Ooh. so I don't know. It feels I feel like there's a question of taste here as well. I think we covered this ground already. I'm not going to go over that again. I'm just pointing that out in relevance to this particular point. Yeah, yeah there's a fair, bit fair. Of, a,
5: of a of a tonal whiplash when uh, on one part of the like you know just. An episode before, you have Moe slapstick and sexualization, like straight-up panty shots, and then it's like, uh, but uh, it feels like they try to go for the same sort of uh, dissonance as Gunbuster, because Gunbuster had a, a couple of uh, conflicting elements, like the, the very <clears throat> serious uh, science sort of stuff, and then a giant robot just does a lightning kick on a thing.
4: That's a different. That's a different kettle of fish. When you're yeah, exactly.
5: Right? That's a completely different kind of dissonance. Uh, it it played. It it was dissonance between tropes and a very serious sort of story. And I feel like Diebuster. Abstractly, is the same though. Abs- yeah, I feel like Diebuster tried to do the same thing, to like have a dissonance between tropes and a, a story, but. It didn't quite mesh them as well as Gunbuster because Gunbuster still had value. It it had its own unique aesthetic because of that combination of clashing aesthetics. diebuster um Dye Buster uses very sort of the worst of tropes and combines them with things they clash quite a lot with and doesn't really try to make it work it just tries to kind of copy gunbuster very blindly like what's what's a, a, some cliff notes what does gunbuster do oh dissonance between oh look uh, here's uh tropes here's other elements that conflict with tropes let's combine them together make our own thing cool yeah nah no Gunbuster. you suck ass
0: but it's hard to like criticize like to praise gunbuster for that when it was slavishly following a 70s sports anime and it's template. yeah
5: but it still had its own it still did its own thing it still did a serious story it still had depth it used the trope to... had
0: all that diebuster has depth uh, ooh,
5: ooh, and <laughs> ooh. oh dear. here we go i have notes now you can't bully me
4: <laughs> I don't know, i have notes now. You n- can't bully me Listen, I am only asserting that Do you want me to call the anti-bully ranger here, folks?
5: I'd say I'd say. I'd say Buster's depth Goes as far as The theme of growing up and dealing with loss And that's more or less its depth
0: mm, I think that, you know I don't know, I th- we've covered Previously, uh, like a lot of ways That I think that, it, um,
5: that There's uh, more going the, on uh, The humanity The uh, how did you put it re- re- remind me what how you put the humanity bit
0: no i mean maybe this is what you're talking about and i think it shares this in common with gunbuster but i think it actually is like really it spoke to me more in how it conveyed it than gunbuster did like the limitless possibility of human potential like i feel like like Diebuster like gunbuster but i think again to me more clearly was able to communicate like there's the same amount of possibility in the human being that there is in the Big Bang.
5: I mean, sort of. Doesn't that conflict with the the depiction of humanity as dying? As you know, you see overcrowded cities, you see poverty. You don't really see that.
4: That well, to be fair, to be to be to be fair to that point sure. though, um, if you follow the theory of how the universe works, collapse and then rebirth. That's you know. And that's well, and and I mean, you're right. That's why I think No No is
0: like a like a harbinger of like hope and and good things, and like humanity is worth being protected because it possesses this possibility, you know, actualized in people like Lark.
4: At the risk of at the risk of uh, being awful and making a terrible joke, to me, she sometimes just more instead comes across as a pink haired wife who found an intergalactic kinder egg in space. Sorry interesting
5: uh made of a kinder egg made of ice
4: it's a very bad kinder egg (laughs) i I just i don't mean i don't genuinely mean that i'm joking no
5: it's it's fine
0: i think okay so we've touched on scenes that were low do we want to now talk about maybe a couple of our most favorite moments from the show before we from both you know from either show uh before we move on to like maybe iconic things that stuck out to us before we move on to correspondence wow
5: well, you're, you're wow okay it, this is this is how you are completely ignoring my notes okay no let's talk about favorite scenes i i i didn't want to talk about my notes anyway well i mean we can okay uh, we can there's
0: we can do editing i mean like move just just cut no cut what i said and let's let's further further pile on diebuster <laughs> Because you,
5: you brought up, we brought up the, the dying humanity bit, even though... But you asked me about it. Yeah, the, the no, but I mean, you brought it up last time. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, look at, it It builds up, it builds on Gunbuster, because now humanity is at its, is uh, sort of...
0: Yeah, there's like the economic, oh, you mean, so you're talking about the economic disparity? Sort of. Yeah, that like, um yeah, that that, that exists, and that that's like a good... Is it
5: though? It does. It doesn't make sense for it to exist. Uh, They have the technology to. They have faster than. They have travel at the speed of light. They have warp technology. They can. They are more or less in a post-scarcity society. They or they should be at their technological level because at any point they could get all of the resources they would want from pretty much any. Where in the universe? So, like, how is there poverty? You
0: to... could say the same
5: thing about Earth, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. Like, have you have you heard no, about the no, food? But we, do, in the we EU? don't. Right now, we don't have the technology to sufficiently go quickly enough to a planet, gather resources, and then bring them back. Or we don't have the, the technology to terraform another planet.
4: It's not even about. It's not even about future tech. Like at the moment, there are like I read. I read in textbooks when I was younger that like we have. Food mountains of, like, billions of millions of tons of corn, butter, milk, whatever, in the EU, as an example, that's going nowhere. If there's one thing I can learn, like, just because you can There's enough for everyone. Yeah, just because you have access to resources to provide for everyone, doesn't mean that people will get it because politics, religion, our souls in charge, you name it. Like, just because we can do something doesn't mean we necessarily will. That's unfortunately one of
5: we have we we like humanity has migrated to the entire solar system by that point
0: and that i guess some they show some planets i don't know how many but like we're spread thin and some. also they're fighting a war like that's a you know a massive drain on uh and that would that would also like mean usually in wartime power is consolidated to a few people and again like leaving other people out in the cold and and just and just because there's like and there, there's also still other kinds of you know. Except discri- we're showing sure there's not.
5: Uh, uh, there is some defense spending, but not too much because the topless are doing most of the work. We see some of their defense spending in a very small. To- state but there's the still an army. Fleet.
4: I mean, they they show like regular yeah, there's still p- an yeah. army. Yeah. But, 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 but the thing is, guys, none of this still precludes the fact that even though you have as you said expanded out, that doesn't count. To my point that. There will still be potentially be systems in place that will prevent people from getting what they need. Like, we simply just haven't been shown enough to, to conclude one way or the other. So I wouldn't necessarily hold it against Diebuster as a criticism more than this would have been nice to have expanded upon.
0: Yeah,
5: and I'm not, I'm not saying that the world is um,
0: perfect in Gunbuster and that there's a utopia. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm like,
5: saying the world makes absolutely no sense. Because humans don't that, make
4: like, sense. In- <laughs> That's the truth of it.
5: We have statements like, lost technology. It's technology we lost now. Except that's not quite how technology works. And also they have buster machines that they could... It's been uh, thousands
0: and thousands of years, I guess. You like, can I mean, that's a study technology,
5: though. They have buster machines that they can study. It's, it's not like... It's 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 not like they can't do anything about their situation at all.
0: I mean, I just think like it's very silly to to think like because a technology exists that can that can get things that the the people that own it are going to make sure it's equitably used because someone owns it and it costs money. Capsules, it's not except it's not at all used. No, they they show airports, they show airports and travel,
4: like they yeah, they show okay. it, but not everyone can be like I'm going to hop on a warp train. Yeah. I mean, after all, if that if it was the case everyone had what they needed, why do you think there are the guys working that we see in the very first episode who goes to the bar working in the robot suits? There's clearly some sort of capitalistic society going on. Otherwise, they wouldn't need to work. It's not like, you know, the next generation or Star Trek's Federation. Yeah, I, oh no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a,
5: a society where it's like you don't need to work or anything like that. The,
4: the thing is, you're not just saying what kind of society it is. You're saying that the technology can provide for these things, and you're hung upon the point that because it can provide for it should... But you're not then encountered with the fact that, wait a minute, what's the reason they're not doing it? Because people are not choosing to. And funnily enough, that's what happens in modern day life at the moment. We have, you know, in the UK, we invest billions of pounds in the Trident nuclear, you know, deterrent. Despite the fact that we also have an NHS that is cripplingly underfunded, in my opinion. So why are we putting money into one thing versus the other? Like we could put that money from Trident into the NHS. And get, give it bare funding to help everyone, but we're not choosing to do so. So even though we have the potential to do it, we decide not to. And I think that's the issue there with with Diebuster. It just th- completely throws any logic in this world out, because it's pure
5: spectacle, and that's what it wants to focus on. Which I think, I mean,
0: sure. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think it does. It has its own internal logic, but um, it it's not, not the logic. I, it totally does, um, and but it does favor spectacle over all else, which is part of the reason I like it so much. I love the spectacle that it does, but I think there's other things there, and I do think, yeah, it has its it's
5: internally consistent. Not quite consistent with Gunbuster, I would say. In what respect? Not 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 even close to that level of consistency. Not there's a oh, whole it's, like lot of you things. Said, in it's, it's not
0: interested in you know the
4: like pseudo scientific. Equations and stuff. You need you need to read some R C C. Clarke novels, Bog, like because if that's the stuff you're after, they will definitely give you what you want. I'm not,
5: I'm not, I'm not looking for Gunbuster again. I'm not looking for high like science stuff. I'm more looking at the world itself and how it doesn't really make sense. First, you have like technology capable of evolving. Like then you
4: have. Terraforming. But Vog, again, to ask, like you're again saying about how the technology should allow this, but it's not the case, like you know that there shouldn't be any economic disparity. But again, do you not do? You, do you disagree that humans, as we do today, like in the examples I've given you, can have the capacity to something and will choose not to, and that would explain, and that would explain away that
5: the scale is completely different. We have multiple planets in the solar system. We have multiple rulers. We have multiple.
0: If you think that's going to change
5: humanity, we just fundamentally disagree. Then, so do you think everything, every single thing, just decides to not take advantage of endless resources? Well, that's I think endless
0: might be hyperbot again because because when 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 she's on when she's on Neptune or is it Pluto, one of those planets looking for the lost Buster machine, they're wearing space helmets because the atmosphere is not breathable. No, so it like isn't. yeah. Like, I guess they haven't moved there yet. I guess all I'm saying is, I feel like if that happened tomorrow in our world, and we were we, you know, colonize other planets and shit, like I still think that economic disparity and social strata and all that stuff would exist. There would still be the haves and have-nots. Absolutely, I think that. I think Star. I
4: I think Star Trek is utopic bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that depiction of economic disparity is common in so much science fiction. I mean like Total Recall, for example. Tons tons of working class individuals in that. Star Wars. I don't know. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars.
0: There's that as well. Star Trek is the only one I can think of that there is like a post anything kind of. Human I'm society. I'm saying
5: there's there. It's more likely that there would be a middle ground like i'm not saying oh everything should be fine but but like there shouldn't really be that much poverty there shouldn't
0: be now though there really shouldn't be
5: yeah we are not in a society where anyone where anyone can go to another planet and get resources and then come back but but you wouldn't be you wouldn't even be then i mean think about like
0: who gets to use it and for how much and how it's gated yeah like there's no way like Like any invention, like any technology is, that has been made, like just because there are planes, you know, that didn't change anything. There's still disparity, even though you can hop on a plane and go to another country and get some food and clothes like it's not going to change it's not going to change that part No, of when i say
5: go to another planet i mean outside of the solar system essentially mine planets yep. that are not currently habitated but you're you're, like all, you're
4: focusing too much on the technology and not on human behavior here i mean take the behavior of the characters in the show itself let's go back to Nikola and what he did if people like him can it's still access is the a team. kid that doesn't change anything. If he's, if he's been... Adults are worse. Yeah.
7: <laughs> They're worse. Yeah.
4: Like, the behaviour of the characters in the show is very still much in line with how we behave today. We have some good people. We have some ga- bad people. We have a complete dickhead. Like, if that's the future in which the technology has improved, human behaviour has obviously not changed that drastically, for good or for bad. And that, therefore, to me, suggests that, yes, there would be, you know poverty people in poverty people
0: who are I rich mean, in, in terms of in terms of this whole thing i think Diebuster is even a little too rosy at times and that humanity seems to be all on the same page now intergalactic war will do that but i feel like there might still be pockets of humanity that are like we fucking took this moon over fuck you government yeah you know what i mean like <laughs> so uh i i don't know man it, it did not uh it rang it all rang true to me
5: i guess we do see more of not really poverty than actual poverty. Seems
4: very prototypical to me of how we, things are today. We d-
5: yeah, we don't... I, I, I wouldn't say we see that much poverty outside of, like, that one space station. Hmm. Well,
0: no, there's the... There's the... Yeah, in that, that planet, that episode is meant to convey that. Well, no, in the beginning, too. I mean, she's working in a shitty dive bar. Yeah. And there's yeah, a Yeah, and dumbass... a planet
5: that actually looks pretty well off. Yeah. Exactly. So what's where's the interesting bit about this world again
0: all i'm saying is that there are it takes time again it's only six episodes doesn't have a whole bunch of time that it wants to take to do this but it does take time to say like man remember the opulence in gunbuster um that's not a thing anymore like in the thousands of years since then it's gotten worse
4: for humanity. Right. See, for example, in the Foundation novels, similar sort pros- of premise there. Um, I, again, I think the crime—I think the crime that Gunbuster and Diebuster both commit in this regard, at least for me, is just that they don't have enough time to fully explore as much as we would like them to. Like, I'd have liked to have seen more things, like the the episode with um, Tycho, the one that we're got mentioning so much like now. That, to me, as I've said before, feels like an episode that was taken from a longer series that properly explores It sure
0: does. I
4: mean it really does. You're
0: so right about that. And
4: somehow
5: okay here here's a thing that this show didn't really have enough time for. <laughs> Uh-oh. Showing us character relationships. So at on episode 3 or episode 4 um no no goes to I think uh Jupiter or, or one of the moons of Jupiter. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. to like look at her to go get a gunbuster
0: machine and i think it's farther out than that i think it's like like neptune or pluto because like the twins sent her out there to send her away to lure one of the monsters to her so that right yeah mm -hmm, they can do their thing on jupiter
5: yeah so but like at it's at that point that uh, lark is like hey don't go uh you can just stay here i like you Mm -hmm. and that completely comes out of nowhere and it's like wow where did that come from we don't really have any scenes outside of her being kind of apathetic and uh tsundere about it uh it turns out in the next few episodes we get like very brief flashbacks that are like hey we're friends i guess this this entire show kind of hinges on the relationship between lark and nono and doesn't really bother to show any of it outside of a couple of flashbacks every now and then. And it's like, wow, they're friends. Oh, man, in the end, she's like, wow, I just wanted you to be my friend and all that. But we saw her in a state where she would want that f- uh, for about 15 seconds to 20 seconds and the entire show. I I believe this would have been a bit of a better thing to focus on rather than... Tai Cho, or Tai Ko, (laughs) which we just mentioned, uh, who is essentially introduced as a bad character and more or less is like the first uh, thing where they really make it obvious that this show is about growing up and dealing with loss. Naturally, Naturally, the first introduction to this concept is through some dumbass that is like, no, my brother's dead, so you're useless. Can you use topless abilities to stop war and end crime? Yes, you fucker. Yes.
4: (laughs) I mean, I do. I I do. I do approach. Agree with you in that. I feel that it's a bit unfocused. I didn't get the emotional connection as strongly as Doc did. Now, that's not, of course, to value Doc's points. I mean, that's just me. I didn't get it. But I did find that there were a few like amusing little moments that gave it some warmth, like when. Like the second episode when Lark is like actually mopping down Nono's like completely filthy with a mop- like a broom. I mm-hmm. and that was that was silly enough for me to like. They just met though. Mm-hmm. I there was goofy enough it- for me to like. Like I thought this is just silly and I'm okay with this. No, no,
5: I I I think I I I, I have to say I kind of liked a bunch of the scenes from like an aesthetic. Like they were fun to watch. Yeah, but. This, this this still, like, the show is still severely lacking in pretty much everything. There were some
0: really, I think the, the, the snapshots did, did so much for me. I mean, I think that they show some really good times. The what? Well, there, there are these, when I say snapshots, there are these small moments that they have, um, together of watching TV, Ah. talking...
5: Yeah, we get those pretty late on. Um, I think they're interspersed
0: throughout because there's No, no, no. um... we
5: get them after episode four.
0: Because there's a bit where they're talking together, uh, watching a show, and then there's a bit later where a similar
5: or the same show is on, and No-No's not there. Episode We get those at episode five and episode six, after we get the entire thing about like, no, no, leaving. Inter- like, we get two of those, two to three of those scenes. And they're supposed to kind of carry the the entire point that Ashi wanted I mean, a friend. There were about.
0: there were some before, because I remember particularly in I episode I have three, noted every single flashback. Well, not just flashbacks either, but like... I remember particularly in episode three, I think there's a shot of Lart, and I just remember thinking this just feels like so so much like um, Surumaki really studied Ava because I don't know just the tension and what was going on inside her head I feel like it was all so eloquently communicated to me very quickly um, and I thought that there was just a lot of I don't know there's a lot of moments like that that absolutely did enough for me um, and it totally made sense to me why I don't know it felt so true when Lark after brushing her off earlier, maybe in an earlier episode, saying, I don't want to be your One Sama like that was episode spend some more time five. with her. Uh well no, the second episode is called Don't Call Me Your One Sama and Oh yeah. That, episode like, two and then five. Yeah. And she said that, right? And and then she's having moments with her or like thinking about things. And so of course when No No leaves we the next really episode, see that much of that, she's gonna like burst out and say like, No, like don't do this like Stay here, like I don't know. It just felt it. I didn't. I don't remember thinking that it felt uh, unearned, or that it didn't make sense.
4: I like it when they kick the giant monster at the end. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Good>. Maybe perhaps
5: <laughs> rose tinted spectacles, and you've already watched the show. You liked it, so you're positively predisposed to making the connection. I really feel like those three scenes. I felt. Were I felt that way enough. the first time I watched it, though. So. Somehow, you ended up feeling that those three scenes, after rewatching them, did a better job at conveying the, the, how their relationship evolved into being what it is at the end of the show. There were more than three scenes. Oh, there were three flashbacks and two scenes where she calls her like a, a, a silly bird. But there's all kinds of scenes that they have together that I, that are not... Those not not ones where she is at a point where that would make sense for her to want for nono to call her a friend not nothing that gives away that she has that sort of need for a friend for nono to really be her friend she's mostly apathetic for most of the scenes that are in flashbacks well yeah
0: she's she's outwardly so that that's her whole thing is that like She has to grow up and stop being a fucking, you know, with this person that is, like, I'm too cool for you. And I don't, like, I'm not going to show any outward, like, warm emotion towards you. Like, that's her arc. She has to, like, get over that. (laughs) So, of course, she's going to, like,
4: outwardly display that. Guys, guys, let me intervene just for a second to say, I think we're going around in circles. I think that this is a case. This is a case of your mileage may vary, right? And as far as I'm concerned, you're both right. Like... How much emotional weight you get out of it will be up to you. I, do, I think that, like, from my perspective, Die Buster, with the exception of the attempted rape scene, there's not really anything it does so much wrong as it just feels incomplete. And maybe that is a crime. Maybe that's maybe that's a narrative sin. I don't know. But I think that for, for the for the sake of our time here and for the sake of our sanity, you're, <laughs> you're both right your mileage may vary. And that applies as much to people listening who might watch Diebuster or have already seen it. I mean, we already had the poll, no less, that more people liked Gunbuster than Diebuster, but the margin was not like decisive, in my opinion. It was what, 60-30? 38
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, was roughly roughly 60-40, like a two-third, one-third. Yeah,
4: so again, what you get out of it is what you get out of it. For me, I just sit in the middle, I'm like, yeah, all right. Fine. I will go
5: through my notes in a separate episode. <laughs> I have I have decided that this is too much work now because we are already like past talking about all of this. Well, I
0: just don't think we're gonna change each other's mind. We've made our points and that's all needs to be done about it. I have not
5: made Devorian,
0: close got so to many half points. My points, but
5: <laughs> let's get g let's go on. Let's talk about favorite scenes. Oh, wait, what else did I want to talk- wait! Can someone explain why they had to destroy Earth at the end? Why they had to, like, strap Earth? Uh, Well, like, why did they strap it onto a thing? But, okay, here's the sort of narrative for what happens in the, the last couple of episodes. Uh, Nono and Lark see a giant monster, and they're like, okay, here's a plan to kill it. And then Nono leaves for no reason. And then, No. No makes a giant version of herself. That's what she left you.
0: That's what she. Why left though? Do.
5: They could have destroyed it at that point. No, Why it, did it she took,
0: leave? It took her time to like build up the power. No, no, and no,
5: no, energy. no, 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 no. At the time, at the time that she left, they were like, "Okay, we have a plan. You two can go in the thing, like destroy the black hole." And then, like... She knew you know, it make wouldn't
0: t- work. No, it wasn't going to work. That's why she had to go and prepare for the next battle. Who said
5: that, though? Did, did anyone say that she knew it wouldn't work? The other people were like, okay, that's going to work. That that You know, creating a lot of black holes with, like, Jupiter. Turn Jupiter into a black hole. That's going to destroy it. They did the calculations. They're scientists. They know it's going to work. How... Like... <laughs> At no point did anyone question this. She just ups and leaves to make a giant version of herself, which ends up being completely ineffective anyway. Because she, she makes a giant version of herself, she teleports in, she she kicks the giant monster and it does nothing. And mm-hmm. then... And then Lark, stuff happened with Lark, she loses her power, she goes in the gunbuster thing, and then, no, no, just do it completely sheds the giant form. And that's gone. It served absolutely no purpose. Well, it, it
0: she was trying to take on the responsibility of saving humanity all on her own when she should have let her friend help her, and it is in the end with help from her friend That they are able to overcome the monster. Yeah, and I mean, as far as far as like, um, as far as like knowing that it wouldn't work or whatever, like, I mean, no, no, didn't say here is the reason I left because of blah
5: blah. But I don't know. I just I got it, man. It just I didn't. Uh, she because because she does uh, she does not look like the kind of person that knows if something's gonna work or not because her uh, she completely
0: changed once she became the Buster Machine though her knowledge came back. I mean, and didn't you? You could just, every time you looked at her since then, it was like there was this great weight on her shoulders. She was completely different from the Dits that uh, was in the
5: beginning of the show. She was completely different before she used the, the giant Buster Machine. The giant Buster Machine is not the point where she. No, changed. I'm saying
0: Buster Machine number seven.
5: I, I was going to say she's not the kind of person to know this because she later, again. She makes a giant version of herself, and she attacks it, but it doesn't work.
0: It was a stronger attack than the one that they were originally planning, and even it didn't work. Was hurt. it, though? Is it stronger than a black hole? Mm. Well, well, it ends up beating her. <laughs> it ends up beating the monster when Lark helps. No, it doesn't, though. Her giant version
5: does not beat the monster. She well, becomes I'm saying, small, well, they, and don't then they kick attacks it? It. Yeah, they kick it that's yeah, but only after she that's, becomes small yeah,
0: but that's not a black you're saying it's it's less
4: powerful than a black hole but so is a small kid guys 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 let's tell this back <laughs> a bit we're dealing with giant robots the size of planets like that's completely made up magic sci-fi nonsense here getting a definitive idea of what's better than others is, is not going to happen
5: yeah that's not the, the the argument that i'm trying to make i'm trying to make the argument that she essentially leaves for no reason, and I think the argument that she leaves because she thinks it's not going to be effective is bullshit.
4: Well, are you talking about the Earth thing? Because the Earth thing happened after she had gone.
5: Oh, no, 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 no. yeah, I, I, I'm i going to talk about the Earth thing. But, like, she, I, I think she left because they wanted a very contrived plot about, about, her wanting Lulk to realize, like, she doesn't have to deal with loss and that she doesn't need to be topless and that it's all about hard work and wanting it hard enough. That's the sort of narrative they wanted to push. So that's why they had her leave. There was absolutely no reason for her not to if it wasn't for that sort of narrative. You're saying you got the, the part that it's like, oh, yeah, she knew it was not going to work. But mm-hmm. like, No, no. And then
0: And then her attack also didn't work. She she underestimated like the monster was power more powerful than both the black hole attack and the giant kick attack because because the uh, that's the only thing that could have beaten it was the two of them together doing what they did yeah and in the remember kind of way yeah that they
5: re- did it. yeah at the same time they were both of them together at the time that she left though but there's a different can you
0: not see that there's a different there's a different relationship and a different trust between nono and lark at the end versus right then when she has her topless power still i don't know
5: but it's it's not really relevant to beating the monster it is that's
2: the whole point (laughs) no No, it
0: isn't it totally is them 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 the power of friendship is what beats the monster it's not a scientific thing it is that's
2: true
5: it's absolutely the thing that's the thing they were friends right there too like sufficiently enough but anyway that's that gets into a whole like a sort of uh subject that will not be resolved at any point ever, no matter how much discussion goes around so no no disappears and then they make lark pilot a giant ring around the earth to the monster why why the earth? why not something else that is uninhabited like? Why does it have to be the Earth? Why a giant ring around the Earth? Can can I just say, Lark throws Jupiter.
4: It was the on core the of Jupiter, though, barely not the whole. The room.
5: core of Jupiter, but still much bigger than the Earth.
4: Do you know how big the core was, though? Like specifically, you it can see of?
5: the you can see the atmosphere around Jupiter that that is still there. But do you have a specific? Also, was it measure? Jupiter or Jupiter Two? Jupiter Two is the uh, the core. They
4: call it Jupiter Two. The, the thing the thing is for, like, the, there, are, there are a couple of reasons why this happens, both narratively and just from in-story in reasons, the way I see it. First off, if the monster is coming to Earth, specifically, and you want to try and throw something giant at it, I mean, I understand, like, throwing away the Earth itself is a silly idea on paper, but it makes sense that you wouldn't, for example, go and, say, pick up Saturn, because Saturn's on the opposite end of things, and moving the planet is not exactly the easiest thing in the world. So logistically, I get the idea behind that. I mean, what, what
0: better way to represent humanity's last throw of the dice, right, yes. than hurling so oh, their own home world at it?
5: Yeah, so... It doesn't make any sense, though. It makes
0: perfect. It, like, this is humanity's last best hope. They have to risk everything. No, they so have better hopes. They their... could have
5: gotten something else. They don't... The, the point is that they don't have to risk everything. They could have gotten literally any other planet that isn't the Earth. And it's and it is uninhabited. Like why but the earth? It, well, it makes it
0: makes less. It's less thematically poignant and and interesting if they just grab another planet. It doesn't represent the same. I'm putting everything I have on the line here as throwing away your own homeworld.
5: It's still it's still uh, just feels. I mean, it obviously wrong. got
0: to you. It obviously got to you, which is I think
5: the point. I mean, no, no it didn't get to me in the sense that they wanted. It, it got to me to, in the sense that it's like fucking stupid, and they could have literally done anything else. But like, do we, like, know, like, why, do we you, you know? that know? But they you hated the them? idea, and you're supposed to hate the idea. Like, that's no. I don't so, hate the idea because of the reasons they wanted me to hate the idea. It's like, oh, the Earth, oh, whatever. I'm I'm saying they threw Jupiter at the thing.
4: The core, okay? though, the, 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 not the whole thing. Only the core.
5: No, they threw the core of Jupiter. It looked Earth-sized. Give me a break.
4: I'm just saying you're comparing different things, and we don't know specifics enough you know, to compare. Like,
5: okay,
0: let's
5: let's as- can can we assume
4: well, this that is the, more, core of but the,
0: the scientists that you had faith in the black hole plan calculation about have also decided that this is the, their best chance here. So have faith in the scientists. <laughs>
7: like, but no, uh... like they
0: they they decided. You know what I mean? Like, um, that they, they couldn't do
5: nothing. Can I finish about the Jupiter thing? Okay. Mm-hmm. They throw Jupiter in at it. It doesn't do anything. So now they want to throw Earth. Okay? Let's I will I will give you the benefit of the doubt and say that the core of Jupiter is about the same size as Earth. Okay. Jupiter, Jupiter is huge. Jupiter is about like twenty Earths. Yeah. Back to back. What's it's the core pretty made big. out of? Yeah, Does how, be, how big how big how big is the core? It's like... made of Jupiter. it's made of jupiter uh,
4: what does that what does jupiter Jupiter taste like it's made of jupiter
0: (laughs) i'm just saying maybe there's a difference between throwing a core of compressed gas versus throwing you know the earth maybe maybe that factors in i don't i'm not sure like we're we're
4: arguing we're arguing specifics about astrophysics i know i really know but like i'm just i'm just i'm
5: just curious that like jupiter did not do much So, the Earth, like, just throwing the Earth at the thing will not do much. But they 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 built this thing around it. They built this thing around it. Which is supposed to be, like, something that gives enough power to, like, destroy the thing. So, like, why not just throw the thing around the Earth? The earth no, no, no. is not going to make it, a difference. It, it, it's no, not going to make more of a difference than it's supposed Jupiter. to
0: help the earth rotate. It's not that the thing itself has the power, it's help, It's rotating the earth at a speed at which they feel it, it did do not the
5: rotate the earth. It did, though. That's no, what it was
0: didn't. there to do the, the thing around the earth. It was it, spinning no, and rotating. The earth was rotating it had a much spin-
5: faster. It had a spinning blade and it had a, like a, a spear thing.
4: All right, we're getting, we're getting hung, hung about the Senegalis. The, let me let me offer a counter argument, right? If they were gonna throw Of course
5: the- I'm gonna get hung up on technicality. It's it on from the first episode. This show is like holy shit, look, remember Gunbuster? I like poetry, it's sort of it rhymes. Look, Onesama, look. Like ripping off the thing. I recognize this. I this is something I know. And it's like it constant references the Gunbuster. And then it completely proceeds to throw out of the window anything that made Gunbuster unique.
4: Anything! And like, just replaces it with complete nonsense. I'm really honest about like, if you want if you're, if you're, if you're, my opinion on what on the Earth thing, right? First off, if there are any alternatives they could have thrown in, the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head is probably Saturn, which is past Jupiter, last I checked. That's the only planet that I know of that's bigger than the Earth. And because the monster was at Jupiter at that point... By the time they built it, it have got to Earth and it would have devoured the human race. So they had nothing else they could have used. And thematically, I think the reason that they do this is because it's also, like, not just as Doc said, like, the double down of sorts. Not the Neil Breen movie, thank God. Um, but it's the... It's also, I suppose, the statement of commitment for humanity that they are now committed to going to space. Like, R.C. Clarke did say that the Earth was the cradle of humanity, but Earth cannot remain in the cradle forever. So... I think that that's the idea behind it. And maybe it won't work, but at that point, they've got the people off the planet, it'll distract the monster so they can spread out and try and get away from it if all possible. I mean, the destruction of Earth or its abandonment is, again, a common thing in a lot a lot of science fiction, like when we leave it behind. So, I don't see the problem. I mean, I get that it still seems like a silly plan on paper, but I think that there's thematic credence to it. It's the same thematic credence. There's a poop in a toilet. Well, depending on how good my shits are, they do actually come out looking pretty great, so. Let's move on to favorite scenes. <laughs> Alright. Well, well, I did find it I did find it quite funny, like, just from a spectacle perspective, when the giant monster shot through the planet to go and get him, um, like, shoot, shoots at the monsters on the other side of the planet It just goes okay, and then just turns around shoots through the planet. <laughs> like, that made me, that really made me laugh. I was like, I don't know if that was meant to be funny, but I had a good laugh at that. <laughs> I think also um, the stuff relating to the entirety of the first time dilation episode in uh, Gunbuster when she gets on the ship, like the build up to that, like that was probably one of the best like book ended episodes there was like opens with discussion of birthday pie, ends with said birthday party, the character grows up without even realizing it. Like, I think that was, I think all of that episode, like the scenes with them, the way it starts and ended really did sell it. Not the most elegant way of putting it, but definitely for me. Borg?
5: Uh yeah, we already talked about Smith's death. Um this is embarrassing. I have I think I have more favorite scenes from Diebuster than I do from Gunbuster. You that's... don't have to say
0: that to make me feel better.
5: No, but like <laughs> Nono is, is pretty cool. So watching Nono do stuff like do cool stuff was pretty nice from a spectacle sort of point of view. So at any point she kinda uh, poses and is a hero of justice or like talks to lark or stuff like that there were pretty pretty good scenes.
0: I'm very surprised so what about for i'm I'm sure you have some from gunbuster since you you would i do, it so I, do much. I do
5: uh smith's death uh see the thing is I did not watch Gunbuster uh two hours ago, so i right. don't <laughs> quite remember as much from it in in terms of scenes i remember the concepts and i i still do prefer them so much more than than diebuster i have again i have like a full page of notes on diebuster and they're not any less valid to me than like when i made them but uh, yeah i think diebuster does visual stuff a bit better hmm. and it 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 was cool the introduction of young freud was not gonna Ah uh, the introduction of <laughs> Kartoffel patata <laughs> <laughs> and...
4: oh god young did they did they pick that name deliberately knowing it would make people in the west laugh they had of to what I, they I didn't they, hear... they no they picked, the they
5: name? picked what name they picked young <laughs> most names, oh oh, I said kurtoel I... Patata, not young Fry. what is Curto what Kartoffel Patata. It's that. Means, it's it's potato, but it's some some. Uh, I think pilot number fifteen or something like that. Oh no! It's sorry, it's one of the pilots. Doctor
4: Doc Brat, young fried first. Sorry, I think he must have misheard it. Yeah, awesome. I did, I, uh,
5: Where
0: where is Kurt, Where is pilot 15 Is that from Gunbuster? If I don't die remember buster. that person. Who is that person?
5: Yeah, of course you don't. It's in the background. It's when when they introduce all the pilots. There's one that's called Cartofel Patata. It means potato. Oh, potato. The, the
0: other topless people, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Mister Potato Head meets Potato Patata. <laughs> Fan fiction forthcoming. I guess if I had to like you know pick favorite scenes, like the like there's so many things that stick out to me in diebuster Visually, like I mean, I'll just I don't know. Always remember once Nono has become the Buster Machine, her rising into view to save the other topless from the monster, and it's playing the original Gunbuster theme. I think I probably already mentioned this earlier on, but um that scene is incredible. I also this is not like necessarily a moment, but more like a technique, uh, of of the of the show. But um I really like the back half of um I'm Die because I feel like every episode um the end of the previous episode a huge thing has happened and so like the social and political landscape is totally different like at the beginning of one episode it's just all of a sudden like you have this almost cult of number 7 like these people that like just are worshiping no no she's like the space goddess and then The topless are, like, seen as, like, you know, the previous three episodes, they were, like, you know, hot shit. They were, like, the saviors, even though people were sort of, eh, like, whatever. Now they're totally disgraced. And then shit happens that's so momentous that by the next episode, the topless are once again in favor. And Lark is, like, a famous person being stalked by paparazzi, having to be escorted by security guards. And she's, like, known as the mover of planets. Like, I love how the dynamics change from episode to episode in the back half like it just it made it really exciting um for me and just another tiny moment like i love this like because i i don't know i pay attention to sound design sometimes uh and like that the sound when no no not no no i'm sorry Lart removes her limiter i just i love it it like gave me like Goosebumps every time. There's just something about like the low hum and the static and the crackling that I just thought was like super, super rad.
7: Hmm.
4: I mean, when you brought then about how she came out with her arms folded, that I forgot to mention earlier, as was one of my favorite bits from time Di- from Gunbuster as well and from Diebuster when the robot just comes out. Like I've, I mentioned before, but I still can't again, can't state enough. It's like watching Teacher come out into the yard and say, "I thought I told you kids to stop your fighting." I want not have you, f- I want not have you shedding up this sex space. It's just like, <laughs> very, just, there's is something it's about that pose. pose. Yeah, there's something about that pose that's very scowly. I might have to do that with people I'm, in my work at some point. I'm here to discipline you. <laughs> just just come up behind them and say their name, and I'm just there with my arms folded, looking at them like, you fucks up.
0: <laughs> and you should have, like, an MP3 player in the background, like, playing the gunbuster music. <laughs> As you... As they turn around,
4: I'll get someone to carry it on a boob box for me they're
0: like, shut on, what did I do?
4: You fucking Please broke the spreadsheet me. is what you did <laughs> and T- then you kick their computer. I just throw out the window, <laughs> cut to the chase on it let's not let's not let them use it again, Not qualified to do it, so
0: well. Have we come to the end of our discussion section? I'm I'm done. I've said all I, I've said all I wish to say. I I know there's so much Orgelia still wants to say. She doesn't I, feel vindicated.
5: Okay, not yet. I I feel like I I I talked about some things in a suboptimal way. I could have uh, made a few of my points better. So for what are show first? Uh, after we're done recording, I will just paste my notes, so
4: these nerds can read them. All right, then let us move on. In that That's case, excellent. then to uh, correspondence.
7: Email.
4: Uh, hopefully not from the Nigerian prince again. I keep telling him not to get in contact with us, but he just won't fucking stop. God, the email. e-mail.
0: Uh, do you? Do you have the Twitter pulled up? I do not. I, I have the email pulled up.
4: I don't have the Twitter at the moment, but while you're doing the email, which I'll edit this bit out, I will get the yep. Twitter up. So let's see. Uh, that sounds like a plan. All right. When how I many will, how many uh, Twitter responses did we get? Comes to think of it,
0: I don't know. To be honest with you, I I read some that were at the end of the poll, and uh, I'm not I'm not sure which other ones we got. I will find it. Okay, if they exist, you know, if if you can't find anything good, we don't have to do them, but um. But we did get an email uh, this week who, uh, from Mark, and uh, Mark says, "I'm
5: looking forward to hearing your Gunbuster episode." Well, I hope it was all that you <laughs> that you wanted it to be. He <laughs> um, you knows he knows what's up because it, the Gunbuster episode. Who cares about Diebuster? <laughs> right, right? Wow! this right. it's an mission oh, Here we go. This is going to uh, fucking uh, uh,
0: welcome spiral out of control. <laughs> but all right, I'm going to press. Okay, thoughts, colon, number one, gunbuster makes me cry.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel you. I didn't cry, but that's because I removed my heart long ago. Like it's been long since gone. Just a cavity, empty space. Did you,
0: did you jettison it into the soul system?
4: No, I just threw it in the trash. Too expensive to just where... it's the soul system. Do you think I have the money for
0: that? Come on, bro. Well, that's where it ended up, where all our trash is eventually going to be ejected into space. Sounds about right. Your heart is going to be floating out there.
5: And all of our trash is going to be taken from space and named Diebuster. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> what did what was Diebuster delivered in a meteor that just crashed into Dekiano's backyard? He just cracked just, it open, and there just was this went DVD. To space,
5: gathered a bunch of garbage, compressed them on a DVD, and like here's Gunbuster.
0: <laughs> this is the secret plot of Planetes. It's an this anime is, about this... about space garbage men. By the way, is it nice? Mm-hmm. It's great. Planetes is great. Interesting. Here, the manga is also very good. But I digress. Point number two. Oh, okay. I think I should read all of point number two before we comment on it. All
4: right, I'm holding back.
0: Okay. Two. Serious question. Do you think Diebuster is a good or bad anime? While I like Gunbuster undeniably more than Diebuster, I find Diebuster more interesting to explore and to hear other people's opinions and thoughts of. However, I don't love Diebuster or hate it. I don't think it's meh. Maybe I'm indifferent? I don't get bored rewatching it, which maybe I only did because it shares the title with Gunbuster. Oh, I just realized something as I'm writing this. Episode 2 of Diebuster, with the focus on the twin tail hair girl, Taiko, seems so lame. Did anyone else
5: find it lame? I will send you my notes. Lucky <laughs> 10 people. Yeah, written on a signed copy of my written notes.
4: on velvet <laughs> parchment with a fucking candle wax stamp. The seal of Paul Kelly are right there. <laughs> Amazing. Think, yeah, delivered delivered by a page no less. <laughs> um okay, okay. Oh god. Mar- Mark Mark,
0: I think you've found yourself a friend. <laughs>
4: I'll, I'll have a pint with you, Mark. You seem like a sound guy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'll offer mine first, which is to say that I'm very in line with Mark's opinion on Dibuster that it's fine. I'm not going to remember much about it, apart from what I've done from the podcast. Like If I had watched this outside of doing it for our desk show, I'd have probably mentioned it once or twice to people, and then that would have been it. It's not a bad show, in my opinion. It's not a great one. It just sits very squarely in the middle. Well, not even... No, that's a lie. It's better than being in the middle. It's not Aka 13, the blandest fucking wallpaper-paste piece of shit I've seen (laughs) in ages. And it's not Izetta, which sits in the middle, because that thing... That show just pissed me off as well. This... This... It's alright.
5: Yeah, this is an interesting... This is... It's not that great... On its own, on its own, like, outside of everything that I've said, on its own, it's not that great. It's not, like, bad. It's it's, it's more than watchable. It has some interesting things going on for it, but not something that you have not seen before. Hmm. Like, this is sort of the same reason I, uh, I watched Black Bullet at some point. I don't know if anyone else uh, knows what that is. I do. But... But it's it was more or less the first thing of its kind that I've seen. I realize that it's been done to death, but it was the first kind that I, of its kind that I've seen. So it seemed kind of interesting. Uh, but it didn't really seem interesting to anyone else because it's something they've seen a lot. So that's... I feel like Die Buster could very easily fall in the same category where it has a few things that could be pretty interesting. uh when watching it but it's mostly around things that have more or less been done before to death it very closely plays the tropes so i can i can kind of see why it would leave you a bit more uninterested
0: um well i mean i i guess i don't have to like i i do like you know where i fall and it i dibuster is one of my favorite things i love dibuster um i understand i actually get why it's so interesting i think that i think that you see like stuff going on there and you like to think about it and like to hear what other people have to say about it um but you but it just for whatever reason like the overall package doesn't appeal to you which i get i actually understand like i'm fine with people actually not liking it um you don't have to you don't have to like what i like um i bet you're more hateful the people who just sit in the middle
4: like oh god he can't have an opinion one way or another an indecisive pussy (laughs)
0: leave mark alone
4: hey i was very to myself Um, (laughs) (laughs) um
0: i like i don't know i think like i've seen a lot of super robot anime so i'm no stranger to the spectacle that it that that genre trades in and I think there's stuff here that is not really topped anywhere else, bar like maybe one possibly two other shows like the other one I'm thinking of is like borderline g- Guen tops it in terms of the scale of the spectacle but um but m- maybe whether it does in terms of the emotional heft is a uh, questionable um but but I think. But scale and spectacle—it just goes all in in such a way that I just I love it, and that's a thing that I think in this genre um, I haven't seen too many other places before.
5: And scale to me has never been as interesting as to other people. Like you know, you see people, wow, this is a huge robot, you know, this is a dinosaur. But to me, it's always more interesting like how it's used narratively. So, for instance, we have the lark throwing jupiter at the thing but just so great narratively (laughs) narratively it's more or less the same thing as her throwing a golf ball like it doesn't really do very much in terms of narrative but that that's like saying that's like saying superman
0: punching someone is like a regular dude punching someone it's like it shows like the almighty power
5: of the the busters she's throwing the jupiter core it still doesn't do anything though to the monster, so it has the same effect as throwing a golf ball at the monster. Superman But, it wasn't. That, someone... that's,
0: but isn't that amazing that throwing Jupiter at it is like throwing a golf ball at it? That's fucking incredible. That it isn't hits to me. home. How powerful it is. No, I get it. I get. I get what you're saying. Like
5: sort of maybe, but like eh, to me, the the scale doesn't really factor into like the narrative it doesn't make it better or worse it's i think it's just that th- it's a thing i like I, I, I
0: get that they're not for everybody i know people that don't like robot shows and this doesn't that that sort of thing you know like get a robo cutting a planet in half with an axe doesn't really impress everyone
6: that don't impress me much oh, oh, oh. So yeah, yeah, it's,
4: it's, it's, i'm so i'm much i'm again going to take the middle ground and say like i think that I'm okay with scale, but I'm okay but I'm not okay when it goes too far like it did at the end of Gunbuster. Like that again was where I think diebuster it bear because it didn't like it kept it to one enemy that you could see and understand and comprehend, as opposed to here's ten trillion quadrillion monsters, and we need a text counter. And oh god, we've overdone it. Shit. Like oh,
5: Christmas music, cue the Christmas music. <laughs>
4: But like I, so I again take the middle ground in that I'm okay with giant spectacle. I am like one of my favorite novels, like Sunstorm, uh, which features, funnily enough, an instance of a of a planet being shot into the sun to sterilize the Earth five thousand years later. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. See, you have me. You have me now. I'm not That's, joking, right? Yes. That was... Well, I, I now want to... I want to read this, see this. It's what a, is this?
4: It's part two of a f- uh, three-part trilogy, so you're going to have to read the one before that. But it's a good, it's a good trilogy. Um, but yeah, um, like that to me, like I like that because there's something so very brazen and ballsy about, you know, aliens yeah. thinking we need to sterilize the Earth to stop humanity from using too much energy over the course of like the infinite timeline, like, you know, to stop entropy. So the most energy efficient way we have of doing this is ponting a planet into the sun so it burps out a wave of, like, you know, solar radiation that will barbecue the Earth in 5,000 years. Uh, the plot, by the way, at that point is then building a shield to stop that from happening. Quite good. They do it. Almost. Sort of. Uh, but, yeah, like... and But again, like I think that for me, like, scale... you You can scale things up. That's great but you have to keep it comprehensible, and that's the distinction to me between Gunbuster and Diebuster. When you're having to write how many have been destroyed in text on screen, that's not showing. Not in my book.
0: The word. It showed you with the word. <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm going to get on a plane in a moment, Doc, and I'm going to come over to your house. I'm going to knock on your door. I'm going to stand right in front of you. I'm going to whack my finger. Really, Character really didn't tell
0: you. It painted a picture of words on the screen.
4: (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. It's it's like having subtitles for subtitles.
7: Just... ah! (laughs) There
4: is,
0: um... Dancing um...
5: through the space in a one-horse open. (laughs) Can I just ask, like, uh, an irrelevant thing that just popped in mind? Uh, Does anyone remember that, like, Taicho is actually a cat in the first episode? Does anyone remember this? Oh yes, yes. Did it? Yes. Was that, that was weird? Like, explained in <laughs> no. a way. Okay. I, don't... I
0: don't think so. I think. Maybe, well, no. I she. I think she was just possessing a cat. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I don't think she was actually a cat. Just <laughs> yeah. No. No. To no yeah. Probably. But like. But yeah. I mean, that's fucking weird and unexplained. Trying to see <laughs> okay. what.
4: to see if cheeseburgers do taste classic, different for classic cats. classic Sidebuster.
0: There's um, a moment. In,
5: i just it just in, came to in, mind
0: sorry in, no no it's it's hilarious actually that that makes me laugh uh and girl gone is the is the show i was talking about that i think out outdoes Buster at this and i like to me it's no coincidence that it was made a couple years after dibuster like i feel like it was the next step up and there's a couple things like one like two robots are fighting and like to give you an idea of their size like one robot grabs a galaxy and throws the galaxy at the other robots <laughs> like <and laughs>
5: it's incredible
0: also there are uh, i think i again sorry for long time listeners i'm sure i mentioned garen Ger-
5: lagann seems a bit
0: more tongue-in-cheek though uh it is yeah i mean it's it's pretty warm and fun uh it is it yeah. is less dire although dire things happen in it and it, there are there are moments that there are the there's the section of Gurren Lagan where it's a sort of a diebuster tribute like that. That's another show like X is very into referencing itself and its own works. But like there's also a moment in <laughs> Gurren Lagan where at some point they start using probability altering warheads. I remember you so telling they me about you, these. They, I think I want to say it's been a while since I've seen it, but I want to say they like. It has to do with, like, the quantum um, physics side of things, and so they, like, lower the probability of your existence, so you could poof out of existence if you get hit with one. <laughs> it's fucking
4: amazing. Don't try to drag science into this. Don't. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Deploy the planet sized nail bomb. It makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah. 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 900,000 inch nails!
5: But I actually think I'd be way more okay with this somewhere, like, guran lagan simply because guran lagan is not trying to reference gunbuster like oh, guran lagan is is, is is it no but i mean you know it's it's own. oh thing. I, see it not, I see what you mean i see what you mean i see
0: what you mean. it does sequel. not
5: call itself gunbuster too. Yeah, exactly it does not exactly. like have a, a, an entire first episode full of references to gunbuster it's like okay look this is what we are it's like poetry it rhymes Mm-hmm. Remember when we fell into that nest of gundarks? Man, that was great. Well, it is a reference
0: heavy show. I mean it's it references a lot of different things, and by the way, so does Diebuster. Um but it is but it is still like I am talking
5: about Diebuster.
0: No, I know I'm saying I'm say you saying you're saying Diebuster references Gunbuster, and I'm saying Diebuster references Gunbuster and a bunch of other stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah, but Episode one is mostly like, like yeah. But I'm mm-hmm. focusing on Gunbuster because that's sort of what contextualizes my hatred. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Shall we? Shall we tackle point three? Yes, please. Go on. Oh, there's right. more.
0: There's there are four points. Um, three. I vaguely remember in maybe the Bandai Visual DVD of Diebuster in one of the bonus feature interviews that one of the old, that it was one of the old guard's idea to make Nono a robot. I can't remember who it is that suggested this. Uh, besides that, this producer had no other input on Diebuster. I always found that interesting that besides that, the sequel's creators kind of separate from the originals. Can't remember the details of the interview, sorry.
5: Hmm. What can I say to that?
0: <laughs> uh, I I'm not well-versed enough to no, because my copy of Diebuster is a um, uh, it's a dis- it's the Discotech reprint, so I don't have the Bandai Visual um, version. So I I have not seen. I don't think that I don't actually know if that's on the disc. I haven't actually seen the bonus the bon- any of the bonus features. Um, I would I would not be surprised if it wasn't on there because the Discotech release is pretty um pretty bare bones. Like you know they want to get it out there as affordable. Um, those bandai visual, yeah. those like, bandai visual, those band's releases were like lavish and like really included a lot of extra materials. So it'll be nice to see those. Um. Uh, like, yeah, I I don't agree. Like, I think that the people that, especially SudaMaki, like that made Dibuster, like, are connected enough in terms of uh, like they learned from the old guard at Gynax, and so i think the lineage is like still preserved like it's not like someone that doesn't know anything about gunbuster or gynex or whatever made this like that's not the case i mean but it is the case that it's um that it is very different in a lot of visual ways and in a lot of uh you know like you said some of the tropes it references and some of the plot devices like it's there's a difference but um i don't know it it doesn't It doesn't seem like a planet's away, I think, like, some of the, like, all-time Gunbuster fans will will say.
4: Hmm. I think, for me, like, I... I first have to wonder what that change actually makes. Like, if it was originally planned for Nono just to be a regular human and then was an android, like, I suppose it does explain away some of the things that would be plots, otherwise, like, she's breathing in vacuum. How is that possible? So, I won't get into that, though, because that's not really relevant. But, um, I think that, like... It's important, I think, that if you are inheriting a franchise that you respect it but that you also try and put your own stamp on it because there's been plenty of instances of people coming on board to make films and television who are super fans of the original material and they've completely and utterly failed at understanding what made the original work or making it so close to the original that it feels like the same. Like Star Trek Next Generation Season 1 was basically season 4 of the original series, and it sucked balls. So, go figure. But then you've got the opposite end of the spectrum, where you have people who diverge too far away from the original, and subsequently, then it's not even recognisable as the same thing, only by name alone. I think a good example of this is probably something like Battlestar Galactica, the revised, um, or the revised, the, sorry, right. the reboot one, where it was very different than the original, but still felt like it was, you know, homage to the original show in some respects as well. So, I think there is a middle ground to be had there, and if you ask my opinion on whether or not Gunbuster meets that middle ground, sorry, not Gunbuster, Diebuster meets that middle ground, issues of quality aside, yes, I'd say, in some respects. I think that it feels like it has the spectacle down. I think it's just missing the heart, in my opinion. Again, your mileage may vary, but I don't think it's so far away as to be unrecognisable from the original
0: it's missing the hard sci-fi too um but i i can't believe i forgot to note this when i first responded like the character designer sadamoto like he's one of the only people that's still at gainax today wow <laughs> like, like that dude has been there like forever and ever like he's as gainax as it gets like so the fact that he was heavily involved <clears throat> excuse me with with the show i think nullifies the point that like this was like the B team that doesn't, uh, you know, know anything about Gynax or that is that is so different or whatever. Like, yeah, for for me, his involvement and Tsuromaki's tutelage under Anno, like, um, are plenty, like, to connect this to the history of Gynax in a way that makes sense.
4: Hmm. Uh, what was point
0: number four? Number four is simply North American Gunbuster OIV Blu-rays win.
4: Did uh... I
0: say... Fucking a, man.
4: Give me five minutes. I'll find out.
0: From your from your lips to God's ear, like that is one of the only things that I just. It's been out of print for so long. Um, on D on DVD.
4: Can we blame Harmony Gold for this one as well?
0: (laughs) No, unfortunately, I think we
4: can
2: probably.
0: I think we can probably blame. I I guess guy next is like lack of ability to get this out you know or or maybe maybe ano like would have something to say about it and he's at studio kara i have no idea where this where this show stands
4: to be fair we did bring up the possibility of legal issues concerning the ownership of the ip so maybe that factors into it
0: it could could very well do but man i to see that on blu-ray would be i mean i know the japanese blu-rays exist so Ah. to to get those you know to get that over here would be so amazing like because you know anything shot on film like that is going to look like I don't think Diebuster would actually look all that stupendous on Blu-ray. Like I'm fine with the DVD, but Gunbuster will look tremendous. Oh, you're, you're
4: referring to the difference <laughs> between um, is it 35 mm and tape? I, I I can't remember the specific terms, but I remember that this is why shows like made in the 60s like hold up still set design and all that. Otherwise, like in terms just in terms of their film quality because of what they're actually stored on on 35 millimeter reel if i remember correctly
0: yeah yeah versus like a hard drive yeah you know, with, with the digital cuts and stuff yeah
4: yeah is right.
5: anime though actually in film like stored in film
0: mm-hmm. like old stuff for sure Old the stuff definitely huh yeah they they would film the cells as they went by
5: oh interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right that's why,
0: like uh, any time like a show from like the 90s or 80s um there's an announcement for blu-rays i'm always really interested because i feel like it's just gonna look really really pretty um and a lot of times like those shows when they first came over to america like little like companies like central park media could i don't know if it was through lack of financial means or just because the japanese hoodwinked them or whatever but they would get shitty masters like bad masters and so like the disc releases of stuff would just would look pretty gross like w- would look shitty compared to like if you downloaded a torrent right of the of the japanese region rips that would look so much better dagger of kamui is a great example of this and that fucking really needs to be remastered and released here
4: because
0: <laughs> mm. that dvd looks horrific but i still love it
4: right um i don't think we have i apologize if i'm wrong here but i don't think i spotted any tweets with um in response to what we put out on the chat on the Okay, tongue side now. Sorry on our Twitter, I don't think i spotted any responses. Now, should we should we do
0: uh, our AOBs here quickly? Uh, Vorgelia, would you like to go first? Oh fuck! I can oh, go first a- if you if you what's want. What's an
7: AOB?
5: Oh, I knew. Uh, uh, okay, go first. I have no All idea right. what I can talk about. <sighs> well,
0: I I don't have anything necessarily prepared either because I'm a bad host. Uh, but. I will, uh, I guess, talk about, um, so we haven't really been talking about video games very much lately on our podcasts. We used to talk about them quite a bit at the beginning because uh, it was what we like to do. But for my AOB, I will say that praise the sun for 2017 because it is the year that I have found soul's religion. I have come around to these games that I previously thought were impenetrable and not for me and just kind of, meh, whatever. Uh, I wasn't interested in their version of storytelling. I wasn't interested in, you know, the reputedly hard difficulty. Like, I wasn't interested in the high fantasy. Well, it's not really high fantasy, but just the, the dudes in armor, like, settings and dragons and shit like uh but I got around playing Bloodborne earlier this year and holy shit holy shit these I'm now completely converted like I think uh Hidetaka Miyazaki is like a genius and he's a really just a gifted and talented designer I think i just think the world of these games and everything about them it's just brilliant and very refreshing um to to other people that might think man i don't know if these are for me cuz like difficulty um i i didn't actually find too much of it to be all that hard you know what i mean it's not like it's not like frustrating hard like mega man mega man is frustrating hard <laughs>
5: The frustrating hard bit is more of a marketing gimmick. I know, it's true. Um, you know, be, because well, I'm uh, just saying this for the listeners.
0: Yes, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to be to, like. I know. The... <laughs> That's not. No, I just meant to agree with <laughs> you and affirm my... what you were saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know that I can say anything here that will be any different from any Souls Defender that you can go out and hear more eloquently talk about these games, other than. Like I really, I I just wasn't even looking for it. I had no interest in in doing it. And then, literally on a whim, like the sort of complete version of Bloodborne with DLC was on sale for seventeen ninety nine. And I thought, I don't know, I'm not playing anything right now. And Persona Five's a couple months away. Like, I'll 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 give this a shot. You know, I Dark Souls was fine, but I don't know. Maybe... And then, I mean. I, it, it just it was a religious. Summer
5: 2014 is a couple of months. What's that? Summer 2014 is a couple of months.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Time dilation.
0: That's like. Oh, and did you know Cosmic Star Heroine was also slated to come out in 2014 originally? <laughs> Winter 2014
4: for Persona 5 joke. I know Insert we've, we've gone back.
0: Oh, man. But, but it was a religious experience for me. And uh, I think that uh more people you know uh should should try it and i it's just i don't know man it's i think it's going to be a big part of my gaming year catching up you know i've already beaten bloodborne i'm working through the original dark souls now uh i've i've purchased demon souls and dark souls 2 um i'll eventually get around to three i just i want i want to consume all of this Hmm. so yes this is my aob
5: yeah, if if there's any, any like, you know, Dark was sort of converted. Uh, but I was also converted to Dark Souls. I originally played the first game and apparently did, th- did things wrong. Uh, I went for the skeletons, which I hear a lot of people do. So I kind of uh, made, like, a, a list of things that I didn't quite like the game for. Um... But, at some point, someone kind of showed me where to go. Someone showed me the ropes, and ever since I've been pretty hooked in so I would say from someone who has been there uh give it's it's okay to give this a second chance if not with the same game that you hated with uh say bloodborne bloodborne i think it's is it's it's the best game in the series and probably the best game to start the series with. I would agree. Well,
4: having only played so... two,
5: <laughs> it seems
0: really new person friendly. Yeah, I was going to say it D- Dark
4: Souls. Me. Dark Souls two, by merit of its name, is not the best place to start a series with. You'd be surprised though that like ah, I run into these
0: like I'll be like you know looking for Dark Souls chatter or whatever, and I'll see Reddit posts or or old you know game facts forum posts that'll be like you know DS two was my first game and it's great and i
5: love it
7: hmm
5: yeah that's because it's that's because it was their first game ds2 is actually good on its own in a vacuum it's i think it's okay it has it it adheres to a lot of memes like marketing memes (laughs) like the the entire prepare to die thing kind of made its way to dark souls 2 and dark souls 2 feels not unfair but kind of bullshit at a lot of points its level design is not that great but still on its own i think it's a pretty good game so like yeah it's that's also i i wouldn't say that's not i that's a good point to start because no. i feel like dark souls 2 has a bigger potential to drive people off with its difficulty and with its mechanics more so than 1 or bloodborne or even 3 but like yeah it it if it has worked for some people so yeah it's but i wouldn't recommend it i have i do have to say i played 2 way more than 1 uh i had played 1 about halfway through uh when i kind of dropped it after like you know figuring it out and getting hooked into the series and then played two a bunch of times before, fit and I only finished one like a few months ago. Oh,
0: interesting! Interesting.
5: Yeah, yeah. So, I do feel like my experience was sort of molded by how I had already become familiar with the first game. Gotcha. But yeah, um, start with Bloodborne uh, if uh. if you if you want to start with the best. If you want to start with like the lowest. The weakest point in the series is yeah, start with two.
7: Because it,
4: it only goes up from Wouldn't dead. that be the true Dark Souls experience, though, to make life deliberately hard for yourself? That's a marketing meme. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. But I just thought I'd, i find comment as someone who doesn't know much about the Souls series myself. Mm.
0: It, 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 I, from what you're saying, um, I should just clarify, I think, possibly a misconception. I, d- I don't think, and I could be wrong about this, Worgelia will correct me, um while two and one are connected it's not in such a way that if you play two first you'll be lost and won't understand what's happening
5: no all of the dark souls games are connected in a way mm-hmm. but it, you wouldn't be lost there's certain references that you would miss so like some some items might be might appear in the previous game it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. who's Gwen? <laughs> You might be. I don't saying think that. He even gets mentioned. In this oh, okay. Thing. I I just, yeah, randomly. Uh, the third there. game definitely does like reference the the first game very heavily, so I I've, wouldn't recommend yeah. starting with it. I've heard you return
0: to the, one of the locations, like the the straight. Oh, up. that's a
5: bleep it out. That's
0: you know, <laughs> that's
5: stop stop.
0: You know. <laughs> doesn't like any any spoilers of any kind with these
5: but it's it's not it's not like a spoiler because it doesn't really matter but it's cool to like just yeah the experience it doesn't yeah it doesn't spoil the story it spoils the experience and i'm a big fan of games as an experience so spoiling parts of the experience is kind of a no-no for me but bloodborne is so good oh my god yeah bloodborne play bloodborne he's Hmm. so fucking good I will eventually,
0: yeah. like in 10 years. Ask me then, right? It's, it's making me rethink whether or not Undertale is my 2015 game of the year. Ooh. Because Bloodborne
4: was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, right, so my AOB then. Um, I'm going to pose a question to you both here um, something related to um, Diebuster, Gumbuster, and just generally sci fi in general which is, you can answer this however you wish, like as, as complicated an answer or as simple an answer as you wish. It's up to you. It could be jokes, it could be serious. Where do you see humanity in a thousand years' time? He said, i to
1: the year Not much has changed, but they new As
7: your great, great, great Is
4: That's an interesting question, Uh, and you can answer this however you want. Uh, In a thousand years,
0: I, I hope that we are on
5: at least one other planet, Hmm. and it'll that will definitely happen in a thousand years' time, and have maybe cured
0: at least a, a couple of these, you know, diseases that that are you know incurable now
4: hmm yeah i guess i guess so
0: those are those are big those are big bullet points i'd specifics
5: it, i'm unsure it feels like it's like a it can it can be one of either of both ways so it's like one version is that we can't actually like sort of outrun the pace at which we are wasting natural resources so at some point we run out of natural resources we kind of hit a wall in terms of development we can't do that much to really colonize other planets to really sustain the earth's population and we kind of phase in and out of uh, some very bad times and never really amount to too much but I guess the other version would be that the we end up, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you know, prospering. the opposite of what I'm you know, prospering and sort oh, of no. outrunning our oh, spending I see. of natural resources.
4: Gotcha. yeah I yeah, you're you're thinking of the what I would call the civilizational event horizon, like we have to get past that point of no return. In order to get out there,
5: sort of, yeah. Like there, there is a sort of. I I feel like there is a time limit to technological advancement before certain certain aspects of society or technology or technological progress sort of become impossible due to lack of resources. Yeah, it it is something that sort of I've been thinking about where like. The bulk of resources has, so say you have like a finite amount of fuel, mm-hmm. like about fifty percent of it will be wasted on inefficient technology, and after only after we've wasted like about half of it will will more technology that is more efficient at consuming fuel, like the invented yeah but at that point you have we've already consumed a very heavy amount of fuel that we wouldn't have if we had more efficient technology at the beginning so i feel like this is like two curves how much we consume how much consumption like gets more efficient and to see whether the efficient consumption ends up winning out at the end and we Past, get past that event horizon where we can colonize other planets, yeah. get, or get more resources from somewhere.
4: Well, there are, there are positive things to say in that particular regard, like, hydrogen um, is becoming more of a viable uh, method of fueling transport. Um, Germany has a network, or a small network, that's been built for more of hydrogen refueling stations for fuel cell-driven cars, which are now viable. Uh, the issue. Oh, you ha- yeah. The issue you have though is that at the moment, because oil is the predominant or gasoline or petrol is the predominant fuel source for vehicles, like why on earth would we abandon that in a capitalistic sense to transition over to hydrogen when we're already making so much buck off fuel? Regular fuel that is. You know, you it's want-
5: not even so much buck, it's that the cost of replacing it it Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. what currently heavily is currently like viewed as an unnecessary cost. It's so high. That yeah, it's, like it's, it's always been, always the issue with adoption of technology.
4: Um, everything gets cheaper as you do it, but you have to get past that initial adoption cost. I mean, that's like with buying a latest brand iPhone. It'll always get cheaper, but you pay the price for early adoption. Although, of course, one is more vastly more important than the other. For me, I think that we're going to need to do a couple of things, like we've got a lot of geopolitical stuff that needs to be resolved like for me the biggest pet peeve i have with the state of the world today is how much of what we're currently dealing with is still being decided by stuff that feels like a long time ago like gibraltar being mentioned recently in eu brexit stuff like that's been something that's been going for three centuries i know that's small potatoes on the world stage but i just think stuff like you know can we get over some stuff I understand it's not as easy as that in a lot of circumstances. I would never, for example, say it'd be so easy just to get over in the case of, say, Israel and Palestine. I'm not that naive, Jesus Christ. But we do have a lot of issues that would need to be solved and put a line through them rather than under them, finally, after such a long time. Because otherwise we're not going to get anywhere. And then we need a couple of things as well to get going. Like, fun fact for you, right? There is an asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Your average asteroid from that is worth $7.8 trillion in the value of metals that you can get from it. You get one of those back to Earth and you extract all the metal from it, it will completely revamp our economy as we know it. Complete game changer. And not to mention a lot of asteroids contain hydrogen there, which you can then transform into water um, and then make into rocket fuel. So the framework exists to get things going. It's the the question is, as as Vaughs rightly put, to me, and the thing that concerns me a little bit, is that we get over the, the hump, shall we say. The hump being a massive collection of different issues. Yeah. And funnily enough, it might very well be private investment that gets that underway. I mean, take spaceflight, for example. Spaceflight originally was a government thing through NASA and through... Um, I don't know what the name of the Russian space agency is, I apologise. I'm sure that someone will correct that for me, but... Similarly, there and of course we also have more recent efforts via India and China. But then there's private armies in space. <laughs> it was actually recently Yuri Gagarin's uh, birthday, if I remember correctly, or the anniversary of the time in which he went into space, first man in, first man in, outside of Earth. And I think that like we we see like for example SpaceX, um, Virgin Galactic, like a lot of private companies coming into this field now. So it's going to be business actually that will lead the way in getting people out there. It just then depends what happens next with declaring like territory. Like, let's say we go to the moon. Okay, who's who's the law on the moon? Like, you know, if you have a space resort on the moon, who who runs the, the police? <laughs> Doc is the space. Doc is moon cop. <laughs> I would I would watch that show. I'm
0: the Lunar King because I played through Silver Star Story the most times.
4: <laughs> I hope it's not like Space 1999. though. No, that was a weird Jerry Anderson series, but. That's where, that's where the moon got blown away from Earth, actually. But the fun fact about that is that a uh, noted science fiction author Isaac Asimov basically pissed all over the show by saying that the amount of force needed to move the moon out of its orbit would just blow it up instead. So the entire premise of the show is bunk.
0: Aww, boo. Boo with your realism. To be fair, I,
4: Isaac Asimov, right, I, I find that funny because Isaac Asimov featured a psychic midget as, as, a, big, <laughs> as a character in the Foundation series. Like one of the yeah. principal antagonists in the like I, think
0: I vaguely remember that? Because I've read a couple of those books. Yeah, the
4: it was the mule it was. Like he, he was able to influence people's emotions. Um, so... what if the force was applied gradually
5: over time? <laughs> wouldn't that reduce the stress on the moon's structure? Do you mean like if
4: they constructed a giant ring around it and had a topless move it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> that felt good. <laughs>
0: like have a big robot poke it once
4: a week. Put a giant cell cable around it. <laughs> Just, the moon didn't pay its parking fare. But anyway, like, like I was saying- here's, here's one of the, you talked about
0: like the issues. Like, I feel like one of the, like the, the principal issues to us, like figuring out how to use our resources better is that like, I don't know, is is our leaders helping people that were invested in the old economy- find a new way to move on um Uh... and uh, and contribute because like so so our president you know donald trump has basically been like hey well guess what guys coal is back on and that's like part of what he ran on is like getting people you know these these folks their jobs back which and which i you know in in a way i can totally sympathize like voting for for him because you're it, for that reason, because you're sort of voting for food on your on your table, you might feel like you're too old or whatever to learn a new skill set. But and he you know and he won, so this is all happening or he's trying to make it happen. And and I feel like an, until like we have leadership that's like okay, so we've had these inefficient and planet harmful resources and methods of using fuel and whatnot, we have to stop doing it. It's a serious thing. And for people that were heavily sort of linked into those economies we are going to find you a place in this world without you know that stuff yeah the increasing pace of automation because these because these people don't want to change their like it's it's going to be hard like to change your way of life you know there are whole towns built around coal mines or or oil you know refineries or or whatever like that it's just it's tough, man. It's it's very tough and it just yeah, I'm I'm with you that it needs to be addressed. It's yeah. These are real things.
4: You said about Trump then mentioning about coal and I find it funny and not be- just because it's Trump, because he's actually missed out one of the issues that's gonna hit us in the next decade or two. Um and this is gonna be particularly prevalent in the US, which is the issue of driverless cars. Like the transportation industry, um, like in terms, oh, man. of man, listen, yes, David Axelrod
0: has pointed this out as well. He was um, uh, chief advisor to Obama. I think he actually stepped into the role that um, Rahm Emanuel left, um, whatever the official title of that role is. But so Axelrod said like what Trump should be doing is talking about robots and automation and that that is that not just for cars, but for like restaurants and all these things like it's going to have a huge effect yeah. on our economy. And we need to plan for that.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a specific, I mean, that this this specific percentage I'm going to quote may be slightly off, but when I read about this, or rather watched this in a, I think it was a YouTube video by uh, CGP Grey, uh, shouts to him, um, he brought up yep. that it was like 30% of the US economy or 30% of jobs in the US economy are based around transportation, people driving cars, taxis, you know, lorries, HGVs, you know, shipping stuff between places. So, what happens know. if you suddenly make that disappear overnight? Cause you replace them all with driverless vehicles. Economy will fall out for its ass. Speak quite- <laughs> of the French Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! Even The Simpsons did this. Like before, driverless cars were a thing. There was an episode in which Homer becomes a trucker, and he finds out that they have driverless vehicles, and they're using. And but they've come up with themselves. And they use it to out money. But he makes the point: like if they found out, they you know they'd lose their jobs. So yeah, if you if you look at the the most
5: common jobs in America, uh, number one, retail salespeople. Number two, cashiers. Number four, food people. Number mm-hmm. uh, number six, waiters, nurses. That's a a whole lot of jobs. Like I, most of the jobs that I'm seeing on these lists are jobs that could be very easily replaced by automation self
4: checkouts in supermarkets they're a I mean, common thing yeah
5: it yeah it's happening even with like
0: restaurants both sort of one off and franchises like automated restaurants are popping up at things even like mcdonald's yeah run by robots like they exist in america that's not the majority of them or even you know a lot of them but it it will be
4: yeah I mean, this was a thing, again, that Asimov pulled up. Like, he wrote um, a book called The Caves of Steel, which is one of his more famous robot novels, in which there is a riot outside a shoe store because the shoe store in that particular town is staffed with robots. And a woman complains, I do not want to be served by a robot. And there's complaints about robots taking jobs. Like, that was written in the fucking 50s. How did he know? Give me your crystal, freshet, ma'am. Give me your crystal ball, Isaac Asimov, <laughs> so I might win the lottery before I lose my job to a robot. At least do me that favour, you get. But yeah, I I think that... I want to be optimistic here and say that I think that we will make it past that point. But I think that there's going to be a significant amount of pain in, in doing so. I don't think there's a lot of this thing is going to necessarily happen in my lifetime, but the foundation for it is going to begin of what will be a tough time for people, I suspect. I don't want there to be a tough time. But again, to go back to Asimov, he pointed out that in foundation, for a, you know, the Empire fell but then would, regardless of the time scale revitalize itself into an even stronger and better form after the time of darkness. The time of barbarism, as he called it. I don't think we'll see barbarism, but I think we are going to see a painful transition, but I think that we will get there, and I hope that we do.
5: This, this is the point where you start thinking about your own mortality. The scale of events, you might not even live to see anything that you would like to see resolved actually be resolved. Hmm. That's true. This is this is where you start thinking about how you're gonna
4: die. In a fiery explosion. I've already decided. No, I, it didn't
5: mean in, in what way. I mean, that that you are going to die. I want a rogue McDonald's robot to end me.
4: <laughs> the fa- the fa- falling down meets Robocop.
5: I, yeah, I want to die while... Uh, uh, a rogue McDonald's robot is helping me with autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I want to die. Yep. That's not what you mean when you order a Big Mac. Shoving
0: artificial meat directly into your veins. Blocking Lock- <laughs> your arteries. <laughs> how big
4: is this meat? Jesus. And how flexible. <laughs> Ugh. Good Christ. Um, but yeah, like, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm pragmatic, but I'm hopeful. I don't want to see awesome shit oh, happen. I, I was... I was gonna say, I think your
0: country and mine just voted no <laughs> to like the forward thinking and the embracing change and
4: the moving forward together as a you know, as a world. <laughs> That's well yes, but my friend Luke, the University Press I mentioned a few times, he he pointed out to me after Brexit was voted, he said that in his opinion, progress is inevitable. It just sometimes, you know, you stumble, you take sideways steps, you fall on your face. But it keeps, you will get there. Like, we're talking about events that are happening now. Hindsight isn't going to come to us in, say, 10, 20 years' time. You know, maybe, maybe, I personally believe it, but I'll take play the maybe Brexit will be a good thing. Maybe, maybe it will be best for all of us. And, you know, maybe we'll get some good out of Trump's presidency. Maybe, you know, even, even if it makes people realise how bad things got, like, you know, because we made a mistake and then we right. correct ourselves, in the long term, perhaps that's for the best. And that's what I mean by the painful transition. Sometimes you have to go through some shit in order to come out the other end and realize we fucked up. We can do better, and it's up to people to keep fighting that. So I mean, you, you you and I have recently discovered, you know, the notion like you know about fake news and alt right videos on YouTube that you know selectively, you know, crop out information. Like it's up to people to you know to fight for what they believe is right, like, and to fight for their rights of party as well. To reference the Beastie Boys, I mean, I'll be fighting for that all the time. But, um, I'm optimistic, but it's going to suck for the time being, but I'm optimistic. Very good. Borgalia? Uh, I'm going to be boring and bring this back to video games.
5: Yeah. yeah. Um. Do it. Why am I looking at my Diebuster notes? I should be looking at <laughs> my... is a video game? It's... It's... It's habit. I... It's, uh... This Ukrainian is where you sneak slip. in your notes and any other business. So- <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have been playing a ton of Rainbow Six Siege. So, here is the part where I uh, shill Rainbow Six
0: Siege. That sound you may not have heard is me recoiling from the microphone in surprise.
5: So, I'm not really a shooter person. I don't play that many shooters. Especially, like, multiplayer shooters. I stopped playing multiplayer shooters at around... A year after Battlefield 3 launched. So when I was like fifteen, sixteen. Um I played a bit of CSGO. But that was more like because I did it with friends and we were having fun at Russians yelling. <laughs> <laughs> like we were just having fun with people. And we didn't right. We didn't really play to take it seriously, but uh
4: Guten Tag,
5: motherfucker. <laughs> what? No, that's German. That's Kartoffel, not Patata. That was Jive. A few months ago, uh, I ended up buying Rainbow Six Siege because one of my friends was playing it and we're like, okay, let's give it a shot. Uh, I'm not a shooter person, but uh, Rainbow Six Siege captivated me. It's a shooter that's all about strategy. It's all about teamwork. It's all of it. Does not rely on twitch reflexes as much. You don't have to kill people to make a good difference. It's it's a very wonderful game. It's I would recommend it to pretty much anyone that like wants to have fun with friends wants to wants to play something a bit competitive but doesn't want to like memorize. Grenade spots doesn't want to memorize like camping anything like it's um it's a very sort of high skill ceiling game but very low entry and that sort of low entry still gets you quite a lot you don't have to be amazing at this game to help your team or be like good stuff it it's it's pretty great hmm. uh totally recommended. I've been playing so much of, of that game
4: recently. Do you play Do you um, play Widowmaker in that game or Reaper? <laughs> I was just gonna
0: bring up Overwatch.
4: Sorry, I'm te- I'm terrible. <laughs> I apologize, Varg. For...
0: I was gonna ask you seriously if you thought it was comparable at all
5: to Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think its design is much better than Overwatch's design. Admittedly, Overwatch is sort of not like. It's apples and oranges, in a way. Mm. Overwatch is much more over-the-top. Over, there's many more variables. Uh, in Siege, you also have, like, operators, like, characters that you can pick. But... Uh, and their contributions are... on a To, like, making the game different are on a smaller scale, but still as important. But, like, everything is kind of scaled down. So... He, It's not quite Overwatch, where, like, the character you're playing dictates your playstyle entirely. But, like, there's still strategy, there's still, like, picking characters and using their abilities to
4: do stuff.
7: Hmm.
4: I've only ever played Um, the original Rainbow Siege demo, like, many, many years ago. But I never played any of them after that, to be quite honest. I liked it, though, it was alright.
5: No, which which demo? There there have been about a billion Rainbow Six games. The very
4: very very first. Ah,
5: uh, so like the, the um the one where you the control game with your teammates. For... Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they a lot of uh, games in the series have come out, and they have kind of evolved in not that great of a way. Did it start on? PS
7: two PC. It started like on generation? I'm
5: pretty sure yeah, it started on PC. It was very much a PC game where okay. you kinda it was more about like you died very quickly and you had your team, you had a planning phase where you more or less planned like how you want your team to enter the building. You you set their waypoints, you controlled everything in it. Yeah. And everyone died in like one shot. And it was this very sort of tactical approach to shooters that was quite new at the time. Yeah,
4: it was also, it also came out very close to the time around when console shooters started appearing that were trending away from not just the notion of dying very quickly, but also health economy. Um, Like, for example, the Dooms, the Wolfensteins back in the day. Like, you had, for example, the release of Halo Combat Evolved on the original Xbox, where you had regenerating health, well, regenerating shields, but what technically is the same thing? So I think that was after there. was a bit after. Yeah, that. but it's it's around a similar time. Like so, it's interesting that Rainbow Six was trending away from the midpoint, which is the Doom health, to something much yeah, more realistic. Yeah, sure. And you had that hated,
0: prime, prime. hated regenerating health for any kind of multiplayer anything.
5: But then and I, I feel like it makes more sense in multiplayer. I, I prefer regenerating health in multiplayer. To some degree.
4: I think that there can be a happy medium where you have, like, the Halo yeah. situation where you have two buffers. You have your first buffer, which is your regenerate bit, and then you have your extra layer underneath. So you can have the best of yeah, both.
5: Yeah. That's, I... That was pretty good. Yeah. They I fucked that up for layer Shit
4: ones.
0: I played a shit ton of Halo Combat Evolved and always played it with no shields. So that when I
5: shotgun blasted someone in the face, they dead. <laughs> Hardcore. Well, that's an issue with more health rather than the regeneration. You know, the shields do take a while to start regenerating. But, like, uh, also Battlefield 3 uh, did a good thing with regeneration where, yeah, your health did regenerate. But at the rate of, like, two to three points a a second, it goes really slow. And it kind of makes
4: sense. Made sense for how big the maps were and yeah. all that. I think I think that regenerating health as a mechanic like can work provided that you either dial it back so it's not so you can't like do it during combat. Like
0: I think, for example, oh that's that makes sense when you're firing your weapon, it won't regenerate. Yeah. Well, like, I, I
4: I can see I, that. The the example I think of, I mean, all of our issues with the game aside, like is Deus Ex Human Revolution because you had regenerating health in that by default. But it was very, very slow, and you took a lot of damage, generally speaking. So you could only really use that to regenerate our combat. So, like, the the alternative scenario is when you play, for example, say you play Doom on a high difficulty, and you get beaten up pretty badly, you might not then have the sufficient health to even attempt the next set of monsters that you run into. So what's the point? You've already failed before you've started. Mm. So, I can see an argument for there being regenerating health, but I think that there's a happy medium that you have to have. I mean, the change to Halo 2 where it was just entirely regenerating health, both the underlayer that you had and then the shields, that was a dumb move in my opinion. I think that you can have best of both worlds. Although for some games, I would argue that you shouldn't have it at all, like the most recent Doom. That didn't have regenerating health, but it incentivized you getting health back through combat, which is great. Exactly. Because otherwise, if you had regenerating health, you just duck away, get it back, and that'd be it. But in... it pushes you to do what the game is yeah. about, which is to rip demons in half. Aggression.
5: So, uh, speaking of regenerating health, at some point, oh, due to due to the console FPS being very... being a, a formula that is very lucrative, um, <laughs> the Rainbow Six games kind of veered toward that. Mm-hmm. They became less about... Because, you know, the the planning and all that very sort of centered around PC interfaces. Mm -hmm. so that uh, started getting scaled back uh we had games like uh rainbow six lockdown i think which was more of a uh semi-linear what no i'm
0: just i'm (laughs) I'm laughing at the name it just sounds like uh i don't know why i visualize this it sounded like a bunch of the like the secret op guys from rainbow six it's like a reality show over there, like, locked in a gymnasium or something. Play <laughs>
4: basketball against each other. <laughs> who will live and who will die in Rainbow Six Gymnasium Rainbow Six Siege? Lockdown.
5: Rainbow Six Recess. <laughs> we
0: can't get out. We can't get out. Not until you play hoops.
4: What will Sergeant Blackman do first? Defeat the terrorists or complete his homework? Find out next time.
5: Anyway, Rainbow Six uh, gym class was more or less um, linear.
4: Physically exhausting? And but
5: it, it kind of went downhill from there. Then you had the Vegas, Rainbow Six Vegas, and Rainbow Six Vegas 2. I remember this one. Which were first-person shooters, but they had, like, a third-person cover system and regenerating health and no planning or anything like that, kind of... A very polar opposite to uh, the original games. And there was nothing really after Vegas 2. And then they come out with a game called Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, the With a very sort of uh, overacted E3 trailer that looked kind of <laughs> eh. Yes. Not only did it look eh, it looked more or less like most multiplayer games that Companies try to push but are gonna be dead in like three months uh, I'm so happy siege actually survived as long as it did because it's actually excellent it's fa- it's very unique it's uh, it's incredible so it actually ended up being the um the exception. Having a bit more in common to the original Rainbow Six games than, like, say, Vegas or Lockdown or
4: stuff like that. Hmm. It's funny when you think about how, like, I think we discussed this previously when I mentioned Doom, I think, in the Fujiko cast. Like, we're going for a cycle again. You know, we started off with games like the original Doom and Wolfenstein where you didn't have regenerating health and it was kind of punishing. And there was no, like, real use of cutscenes and all that. And you had the original Rainbow Six, which then in itself has gone for a cycle where it went away from its origins and now it's coming back again. And we're seeing that with a lot of games and you know what? I hope that continues. I mean, I think there's a place for everything. I mean, there are certainly, as we've said, instances where regenerating health is one example is a viable design decision. But you have to be very careful about putting it in your game. You can't put it in there because it's the thing that other games are doing. Like, you know, like what happened with Rainbow Six as you've said there from its original inception when so it came more console-ified. so hopefully people get smart with their design decisions and we get a nice mix of things and a doom sequel
5: yeah i f- i i hmm. feel like you know the the like, it first. this is i feel like this is a result of bigger development teams where the design team might not necessarily be the sort of team that handles the mapping and the level design so the level design people might not really care about the health system, or they, it might not accommodate,
4: uh, like mm. it might not accommodate the cutscenes. That's for sure. We gotta shove those in.
5: <laughs> Man, why does every time someone say cutscenes, uh, I get reminded of Max Payne Three? Why? It's like every single. Uh, I don't know. It's. <laughs> It's like when someone says cutscenes, I'm like, Max Payne 3. What? (laughs) Why is this in my head now?
4: I have never played Max Payne 3, and I refuse to. As far as I'm concerned, the game's- the entire overarching series narrative ended with Max Payne 2. I cannot fathom how you could pick that up.
5: I liked Max Payne 3. Fair enough. I I thought the gameplay was- the gameplay- gameplay, strictly gameplay, was the best in the series. It was a very fluid shooting system. Amazing animations, really good sort of physics. It was incredibly satisfying to play. Too bad the game let you play for about 10 minutes before going on in a 5 minute (laughs) cutscene. Sometimes more. Unskippable.
4: Oh no, uh, that's a sin, that. Jesus.
5: And it's like, uh, I, I I hear so many things about like modern shooters being, oh look at this! This is uh, on rails. This is cutscenes. This is whatever. I I find that most games don't really aren't really that bad. You have like the Call of Duty, the more recent Call of Duty, or the the midpoint Call of Duties, which did spectacle in their own pretty efficient way and still had a lot of gameplay in between. And then you had their clones like the new Medal of Honor games which did everything pretty badly tried to copy the spectacle but didn't really quite go as far in the gameplay side
7: hmm.
5: but then you have Max Payne 3 which more or less is exactly what people are criticizing with these games hmm. it's like the gameplay is incredible which is an exception but like literally like sometimes you might play for 2 minutes to- in between five minute cutscenes unskippable. It's like, why? I want to play this wonderful video game.
4: Can I just say that when you're telling me that a Max Payne game makes you not want to watch the cutscenes, which were one of the most memorable bits of the original 2, that's fucking disgraceful.
5: Here's the thing about Max Payne 3 cutscenes, right? They're not good cutscenes. They're not like story cutscenes. They're cutscenes of Max entering a building. They're cutscenes that connect gameplay segments, so, like, you're outside of a building and Max is gonna be like, I'm holding my weapon. Hmm. I heard a bunch of guys in. Maybe they have AK-47s and grenades. I better uh, put on my camo, enters the building, just walks to a corner, looks around the corner. Holy shit, there's three guys here. I better- my my camo index is really low. Like, and then the camera pans. Use the You're eye. back in the gameplay. Yeah, you're back in the gameplay, and it's like this did not need to be a cutscene. Just make a door <laughs> that I can press E on, and the ridiculous. door opens.
7: <laughs> That's ridiculous. and the
5: game is full of this. Wow, it's like you walk five seconds, and you you have a guy next to you, and it's like the, you have a, you're with a friend, and you walk for five seconds, and oh, there's a conversation with a friend, and it's like. Uh, I got shot. Hold on. Just sit here. Okay, we have to go here. Uh, you lead the way. I'm shot. It's like, okay, cutscene over. What? Just have this play as we're playing the game. I don't want to see a five-minute cutscene where I open a door and look at a corridor. I can open the door and look at the corridor myself. I can climb this fucking chest-high wall by myself. I don't need a cutscene. But that's
4: Max Pain 3 for you. And it's unskippable, all of it. That's. Wow. That sounds like a Max.
7: No. No. No.
0: <laughs> sounds like a real pain. No!
7: <laughs> Dark! <Dog! laughs> Fuck. Oh,
4: boy. I'm going to swallow bleach in a minute. I hope it's the pine scented version that's the tastiest. <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway. Well. Anyway play Rainbow Six Siege. Uh also
5: buy Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun if you like Commandos. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. I've been playing Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun. It's like a Commandos thing except in Japan because, you know, Japan. Japan's
4: cool. So cool anime. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what
0: Japan is. I like shoguns too. They're pretty rad.
5: Yeah, and helmets are, with spikes. My favorite and stuff. they're my favorite guns. Um
4: Where's Japan again? Is it on the moon? I can't remember. It might be.
5: Right. It's... Do you... Iceland? Do you know where Iceland is?
4: Is that where the ice is?
5: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bit
4: below that. What? Below below freezing? <laughs> no, I mean underwater. Oh, right. Right. I'm with you.
0: Japanlantis. Oof. <laughs>
4: Nepontis. Nip- no wonder I... Right. Lost.
6: <laughs> city.
4: Well, if anyone ever says they get a sinking feeling going there now, I know why. Um, uh, I'm, I'm burnt out. I'm done. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I have to wake up to go to work in like six and a half hours. In that case, we will wrap up. Ah, that's fine. That is fine. Anyway, um, I believe that brings us to the end of the Bustercast. Um... So, I've been Shadon, and it's been my pleasure to talk about this and talk about a mad variety of things. I mean, we've had to do this in two parts, unfortunately, folks, because you may have noticed at one point that my voice was giving out. So I had I said, like, to Doc in this scratch, I,
2: Doc, can't we stop for a bit, please? Uh,
4: thankfully, my voice is now back, um, although some people might disagree with that. Um, so apologies for any issues with the sound co- difference or the, my voice going wonky um but it's been a riot doing this it's been great fun as always and we will be back with episode eight which will be on a show that i'm not going to tell you about right now i'm going to spoil it (laughs) very very slightly in a certain part of this podcast you just gotta keep your eyes peeled for it. little hints here and there you know but i'm very excited to go spoilers we've been doing this for a while wouldn't you know
5: it might the show might put you in a frenzy i don't get i don't get
4: this reference No, no, no. It it, it may, it may, you know, well, we've discussed a lot of Dark Souls, haven't we? So I'll leave it at that. But anyway. Hard work and guts. It's the lesson. Oh. (laughs) From
0: this show that we've been talking
4: about. <laughs> Alright. Um so so yes, um thank you very much for everyone listening. Uh please, if you like the show, uh please rate and review us on iTunes, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your girlfriends, boyfriends, partners, tell everyone about it. Um or if you've got any feedback, feel free to fire that into the email. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um my voice unfortunately can't be fixed. I'm afraid of our severe throat scraping, so if you want donate towards that, then by all means. But yeah, let us know what you think. With uh,
5: my favorite thing from the Souls games, mm-hmm. um, of course. Okay, uh, it's a quote uh, that I would attribute to Diebuster. Oh boy, no.
4: <laughs> Prepare to die. No,
5: no, 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 no! Give me a second. I have to. I have to. By the way,
0: uh, you can find me at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter, or you can read my writing at WaveMotionCannon at Fandom Post and at Crunchyroll, I have a byline there as well. So if you're interested in what I'm writing about re anime, uh, check that out. Not sure how much it will be after this podcast, but <laughs> but yeah, no, hit me up at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter for sure.
5: I would like to close with um, a favorite item description from the Souls games. <clears throat> I I will attribute this to Diebuster, uh, a piece of rubbish that is good for nothing. One man's rubbish is another man's riches, for value is in the eye of the beholder. But utility is another matter, and this
4: has none. Thank you. Good night. Wow, I fairly felt like you were going somewhere profound with that, and I just came back to the beginning again. <laughs> oh, dear. So, Vargelia, would you like to sign yourself out? No. No? Well, that's been for- That's been
0: episode seven, everybody. Oh. Uh... Thanks for joining us and until next time embrace each other everyone to the ends of the universe good night to infinity and beyond <laughs>
2: That's it! But, but, but I didn't learn anything about time travel! Damn it!
3: Did you at least learn something? Anything at all? I, uh, I learned
2: that I get another free gacha roll in an hour's time!
3: By that point, we will both be dead, Lord Zymox. In fact, we will both be dead within the next ten minutes once the sun expands.
1: Oh.
2: No! I refuse! I did not win that fist fight with Neil deGrasse Tyson, only to have it end here. There must be some way out of this.
3: It's begun already. I have placed the ship on the dark side of Venus to prevent it from melting. At least we will get a nice red eclipse before we die.
2: Wait a moment. A red eclipse? Yes. Hold on a moment. Where have I heard of that before? I'm sure one of my favourite fictional sociopaths used one of those to get him out of a jam. Computer, pull up any information you have on red eclipses in anime. What do you have in mind, Lord? My, <laughs> well, let's just say that if science cannot save me, then perhaps, perhaps a deal with the devil is in order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wait also uh, sorry please top up my fire emblem account while you're at it <laughs>
6: Hello again, this is Alexander Schmidt, BioD42 on Twitter, and I'm back with more food for your wee life. Today's installment comes to you courtesy of the holiday season. Whether it's to live in festivities or simply to make it through them, in something of one piece, alcohol is mankind's true friend in their hour of need, and no alcohol is more jolly than homemade eggnog. Now, I know many of you listeners may have had some bad experiences with fastest miles of the stuff, but I'm here to tell you that the stuff you make yourself is a whole other beautiful animal. This recipe has never steered me wrong, and has converted folks that and have sworn off the stuff for 20 years. I know that's high phrase but bring it for yourself and find out. Now, fluffy, boozy, it's filling, it's the breakfast of champions, and... It's the Yuletide joy at the end of the year. Now, let's get mixing. You're going to need a stove, a pan, a hand mixer. Now, if you don't have a hand mixer, a whisk will be just fine, but it's going to be a real bitch, and you'll get a good workout from it. So, you know, pros and cons. Um, You're going to need four eggs, uh, which are separated into yolks and whites, Um, a cup and a half of milk. Uh, Whole is always best, but if you got 2%, that's fine too. Uh, A cup of cream. A quarter cup of sweetener. Now, I prefer honey, um, that's just me, but if you um, have white sugar or molasses or anything in between on hand, that's just fine too. And of course, you're going to need the good stuff. Now, traditionally it's half brandy and half dark rum, but I prefer dark rum all the time. Um, put whatever brown liquor you want into it, go crazy. Oh, you're also going to need some nutmeg to grate on top. Now, here's what you do first, you dump your yolks, milk, cream, sugar and your booze into a pan, and put it on low heat. Um, well, medium-high. Uh, basically, you don't want it to get above a simmer, but until you get to that point, you're fine. Just mix every now and then so they don't curdle. Um, and uh, watch that pot and uh, while you're doing your other stuff, and the moment bubbles break out, you turn that pot off and you remove it from the fire. Deal? Okay. Now... The other thing you're going to need to do is you're going to whip up your egg whites. Now you want these to form soft peaks, and what that means in cooking lingo is that you uh, whip them with an electric mixer or your hand uh, until um, they're, all, they're all foam, and the peaks you form when you pull your whisk out of the foam um, go up and then droop back down again. Now, hard peaks are when they go up and they just stay there. Uh, that's for meringues and things like that. You don't want that. And you want it right beforehand, but you don't want any egg white liquid either. So, uh, beat it until soft peak form, and hopefully your yolk mix will have cooked by now. Now, what you do is, you f- drop your egg white mix into the yolk mix, and you just stir it in with a spatula. Just fold it. You don't want to break those egg whites, because that's what makes it fluffy, um, but you want like a good mix in there. And that is literally all you need to do to provide you the best breakfast you'll have all week, or the best booze you'll have all week. Um, unless you have some really good stuff stocked away for Christmas, which you should have. Now, um, what you do then is you take a ladle, and you serve it to your to maybe one friend. Um, oh, by the way, uh, use this and just multiply if you want to make beer pots or divide if you want to make smaller pots. It's all up to you. My recommendation is this is enough for two, maybe three people. Uh, So, expand as needed. Uh, Where was it? Oh, right. So, ladle it. (laughs) Um, Use a microplane or a grater or something like that to grate some eggnog uh, onto the cup or get some powdered nutmeg if you have that and don't have grater. Um, By the way, whole spices, always better. Uh, take your first sip, and wonder what the fuck it took you so long to drink this. That's all. Happy holidays, everyone. This is Alexander, signing off.